you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. I'm Doug Hagman. Well, my son, fellow investigator, Joe Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report. A little bit discombobulated. If you look, can you, can you tell, folks? Can you tell that we've got a little bit of a different setup here with the cameras? Well, that's in advance of tomorrow, to, or um, actually Monday. Uh, tomorrow, Eric the Tech is going to be in making some radical changes to the studio, to the, uh, at, at least to the, well, you're going to see some changes, and it's all for the good. So, anyway, folks, uh, uh, I just want to welcome all the listeners to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Again, we're live every weeknight. That's from Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, folks. That's the place to be. And uh, you're going to find out uh, t- t- tonight, too, uh, Dave Hodges, who's got a program on Global Star, is going to be joining us during the second and third hours. The first hour is dedicated to news, information, and analysis. We're also simulcast uh, right here on uh, the Blog Talk Network, BTR. And you can watch us live, in color, in person, soon to be better on uh, our YouTube channel. Yeah, and also, you know, our podcasts are available on on Podkicker, which is an app for Android phones, and iTunes, which is... uh, That's the first time I heard about that today. No, I never heard about that. Yeah, and you can also go to SoundCloud. All the links are on the right-hand side of our Hagman and Hagman page. Um, SoundCloud is is a great app you can put on your phone and use on your computer that allows you to play our archive broadcasts with start and stop, rewind and fast forward functions that other platforms don't have. I've, I've gotten a lot of people that ask me, you know, what, how can I listen to the show, you know, without stopping it? Because when I stop it, it restarts and I don't know exactly the time I left off. SoundCloud takes care of, and iTunes too is a good job of that. You can, 
start the show at a certain time or pick up where you left off. You don't have to re-listen or, or fast forward through. So yeah, that's a that's a good. But Podkicker, you say? Well, that's just a, Pod a podcast app for the Android-based phones. That sounds yes. pretty pretty interesting. We, in, in case you hear any noise, now it'd be because we are having some things done to the studio, and we are uh, using in-house help. Uh, we we have. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we do have, we, we actually, we, we, uh, we have some family here, family in the studio in my offices and, uh, in our offices actually. Uh, so if you hear some children and if you hear some, um, screaming, like, uh, barking, well, barking, we yeah, actually, my stomping. wife brought, yeah, my wife brought her grandchildren and, uh, uh, she brought, uh, Eric, uh, the tech, some, some, uh, uh, doggy treats, you know, yeah. But no, so there's a lot going on in the background, which, which actually, just so you know, if again, if we look a little bit discombobulated, or if I do in particular, that's why. Also, uh, uh, right before showtime, you had almost a mental meltdown as you were playing. Uh, 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 up, 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 up. Don't, don't tell people that. As the the, well, I'm not going to tell people <laughs> the specifics, but my dad likes a certain brand of coffee, or is it even a brand? It's a Flavor, I guess. Oh, I, I like it. Look, I, I don't drink coffee. I mean, I, I'm with Ted Brower a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I understand Ted Brower and uh, Purple Sticks. That's the way to go. But on the occasion, I like Italian coffee. And then right, the, right before the show, usually. I mean, once a week, that's strong. twice a week. Yeah. And I heard Code Blue, Code Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought something was going on, and here, there's no Italian coffee. No, you know, we have a little kitchenette too. And Joe, the you studios. might have to start the show. I gotta go to the store and get some, get some coffee. Well, well the problem is the stores don't, don't uh, they don't carry them. And I, you think I'm spoiled. I, I am. I mean, you know. No, for, it was funny though. Well, that's, and then Joe said, boy. Finally, we, that's, we that's, did find some. Yeah. Averting disaster. That's right. Almost. It could have been a meltdown. Uh, I'm just, I'm just excited about tonight and, and about the good things coming forward, um, going forward. Eric the Tech is just an extremely talented man when it comes to, uh, creation of, um, the uh, studio and then set up the studio. So I'm excited to see what this is all going to be. We should record yeah. his uh, labors tomorrow while heckling him and put it on YouTube. No, actually, um, you're going to help tomorrow. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I, I hope. No, no, no it's, we're, we're, uh, there's a lot more changes. The temporary camera views you see today are just temporary. We are changing camera systems, and Eric's going to be uh, hardening the light lighting in here and rearranging some or things. Or softening we're, or whatever that we're might be. adding space to the um, visual venue we have here. Yes. and um, We want to be more like the big boys. Yeah, so it's going to... At some point in the near future, it's going to look like it's expanded, and it and it has. Um, we've had some. Uh, we have a pretty interesting uh, addition to the studio. They're not uh, this like the screens behind us can show images and and logos and whatnot, but this uh, extent extension is pretty neat too. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this looks. Well, what we, yeah, and what we want to do, and, and this is not for just aesthetics. But what we want to do is make it more <laughs> useful. Um, you know, it, I laugh because like we would sit here and do something just for the sake of doing it. No, uh, my it goodness. Well, yeah, and and we do this in baby steps because it, it's number one, it's time consuming, expensive, and it's it's not something you can just. It, people think, well, I'll just throw up a, a webcam and you know broadcast. No, 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 no. When you're dealing with multiple platforms, you, you've got to 
in multiple venues and there's camera so views and people have no idea lions and layovers and whatever you yeah man it's uh and when you do it when you're not when you don't have a budget of you know a hundred grand and, and you're just trying to fit things retrofit things in so that's kind of what we're doing but uh hopefully it's, it's for a cause it's for a reason that way we can bring to you as, as our initial vision was um ultimately bring you what we see for example if we're looking at the document you can see the document if we're looking at the a website you can see the website and and, and if we're looking at a guest uh, ultimately we'd love to bring on yes. people where we can see face to face uh uh, kind of like Caravan to Midnight, Alex Jones, uh, and, and others in the alternative media. So, um, what is, we're having a yeah. super secret supercomputer specifically built just to be able to provide yeah, video. And that just, I'm surprised, I was, I've been surprised by that, the fact that you have to build a special computer to have that capability. It's, yeah. I'm sure there's, yeah. there's different ways you can do it without the computer, but this is the, the best and safest and most effective. Well, we did we did try to duct tape uh, uh, my daughter to a chair with a, with a video camera, but uh, and you know roll her around on the carpet. But she, for any reason, she didn't like that. So um, you know, hence we have to go to the computer end of things. And it's nice to know all the entire family. So so actually, you can hear the audio through our of the program through the office. And, uh, so which, which disturbs the dog and, and kind of disturbs the, the grandchildren. So, uh, and then we have a delivery coming for, for the, the progress tomorrow. So, and by the way, we are not going to be on video tomorrow. So YouTube will be up. YouTube will be up, but we're not going to be on video tomorrow. It's going to be a, a Ted, Ted, Ted Burr is going to be our guest tomorrow. So in the event that you I think can wear my wrong, pajamas? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I don't want to see that. Last time I saw that, I think you were 11, and that was a number of years ago, and I don't want to see that anymore. Okay. You know, before we get started, how much does a good night's sleep mean to you folks? And I'm so excited, and I'm so pleased to be able to talk about mattresses, specifically Casper mattresses. They're a sponsor of ours. Folks, you can live the dream during the day. I mean, there's nothing like getting a wonderful night's sleep. Absolutely nothing. You know, we'll bring one down here during a show, and I'll just take bring a nap for the studio. show sure. while, you're, while you you're talking, and uh, and I'll show you guys the effectiveness well, yeah. of... <laughs> I, I should actually take a, a video. To I should go to, um, uh, when, when at some point, go back to my house and... Get get a, get a video of my dog who just loves the Casper mattress. I'd have to take the, the sheet off, of course, but to, to see so you can see the, the label that says Casper on the side. But um, she really goes into a deep sleep with Casper mattresses. Now, Casper mattresses, it, it, it's an obsessively engineered mattress, and uh, it, it, they combine two quality or, or two unique. Um, now, what would you call it? Uh, they, two different kinds of material or two different kinds of, um, well, a mattress provides both the resilience and long support of comfort. It's, uh, it's a hybrid mattress. It combines premium latex foam. That's what I'm trying to, premium latex foam with memory foam. Now, that combination gives you just this wonderful uh, sink, just the right sink, just the right support. And boy, you get to go right into a deep sleep. Now, mattresses can often cost well over fifteen hundred dollars, but Casper mattresses cost between five hundred dollars for a twin size, and and, and nine fifty for a king size. And and what's even better, 
is you can try it out for a free 100-day period. Or I'm sorry, you can try it out for a 100-day period. Because, you know, you, you get thrown into a showroom, and do you ever feel, un, you know, really uncomfortable lying in a bed in a showroom to try it out? Nah, no. Nah. Casper cuts the middleman out and gives you that chance. Folks, go to casper.com slash CFP radio stands for Canada Free Press CFP radio. That's casper.com slash CFP radio. Casper.com slash CFP radio. And there's a special there for Hagman and Hagman listeners. They, they made this up especially for you. Use code CFP radio at the checkout to get $50 toward your mattress. So that's use code CFP radio at checkout to get $50 toward your mattress purchase. You can live the dream. You can have a perfect mattress. And, and it, uh, look, I, I'm a big, big supporter of the mattresses, of these mattresses. I've got mega back problems. I mean, my I've got an inch thick worth of MRIs and X-rays and such. And um, This is the only mattress i found, seriously, that really does the trick. And if, when I go in Dallas, as great as the hotel rooms were and the, the nice as the beds were, oh, I couldn't wait to get back home to sleep on a Casper mattress. Folks, go to caspermattress.com or go to casper.com slash CFP radio. That's casper.com slash CFP radio. And enter the promo code CFP radio at the checkout to get your $50 toward your mattress. And we, we, we do, we do only promote and, and, and talk about what we believe in. And, and this is certainly something we truly believe in. It's a great company. It's a great product. Casper.com slash CFP radio. So tonight, Joe, now you were here earlier and, and here's the thing, guys and ladies. Here's the thing. There's so much going on. What do you focus on? What's important to you, the listener? And, and we, we have our Wednesday open lines, Joe, that, that, um, people can call in and give, give, give their, insight as to what their what's on their mind and sometimes they do and sometimes they they ask questions or go off on on other other areas but but you know when you look at the headlines why you know i wonder what's important to people i spoke to both uh dave hodges off air today and i spoke to greg jackson there's a lot going on that's that people aren't really um paying attention to and, there's a lot uh, of um Information. We talked about this briefly yesterday. You know, the fluoride has now been uh, finally uh, labeled as a neurotoxin, something that is and has been known and exposed for a long time now. It's put in all uh, municipalities, in the water of all municipalities, and it has been linked to autism and, and Alzheimer's and other um, disorders, uh, human disorders. And it has been, you know, it was invented, the, the putting the fluoride in the water was invented by the Nazis during their uh, horrific it, it, Are we sure that's when it really, I mean, was yes, it? Was yes, it yes, okay, yes, yes. all right. I just uh, want to make sure of that. And I can get the uh, uh, confirmation inf- info for you. But the fluoridation of water, when you look at the back of a toothpaste bottle, it says if you consume pea size, you know, amount, call poison control. And you know many dentists have. That's why. That's why eating the entire tube of toothpaste (laughs) is discouraged, right? Yes, yes. And you know they. The claim has been throughout history that it's good for your your teeth. It it, uh, you know, helps with your enamel, whatnot, and saves 
people from getting cavities. Well, obviously that was just a, a line and excuse justification to bring it in. But for the government to now come out and say this is uh, actually, you know, it is a neurotoxin, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting because we see issues like these where you would have a year ago, we'll say, people come on the news and say fluoride is linked to all these different medical ailments and it is a poison and they would be called kooks, fringe conspiracy theorists. Oh, my, my, my old dentist, my former dentist, a guy I went to school with, we used to get into some pretty heavy-duty um, arguments. Now you're at a disadvantage when you've got uh, you know pieces of metal and uh, uh, cotton and all kinds of stuff in your mouth and 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 he you know and he used to do this to me all the time he used to sit me back in the chair upside down almost and and um, put all sorts of stuff like you know wad extra cotton in my mouth so I couldn't talk I mean seriously I'm because I'm, I, I went to school with him and, and him and I would just and and he he's a big he was a big Obama supporter. I mean, just a big Obama. And, and of course, I didn't you know let out the at the time. This is number you, I haven't seen him in probably six years. Okay, because I had to change dentists because I couldn't could not take his politics. It's hard to argue when you're when you're upside down and you got cotton and metal in your mouth and he says something you know antagonistic to you. Um, don't like that. But anyway, uh, but yeah, the, the fluoride, the fluoride horrible, being horrible. The, and them coming out and saying that it is a neurotoxin, and it, I haven't seen anything about them removing it from you know the the water source uh, and rectifying the situation. But stories like this um, seem to be coming out more frequently, like the nine eleven. Yes. 28 pages yep. uh, that is this disclosure, I guess you could call we, it. We, we know it's implica- impl- imp- yeah, implicating the Saudis. We know that 28 pages. And, and that 28 pages in, in the scheme of things is really meaningless when it comes to what really happened, but it's a step closer because that does show the relationships between the Saudis and the uh, the post-9-11 flyouts. But yeah, and that's the, it. These stories, I believe, are being used for... Um, distraction purposes and also i mean uh hopefully people who you know denied the claims of fluoride or or uh, were unaware of them learn and and understand the i used to give you fluoride tablets when you were young the the dentist yeah the dentist said you you got to give your 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 son uh fluoride tablets now that lasted about a week and a half okay seriously and i'm not i'm not joking around that was about a week and a half why um well because even at that time a a couple that uh, was, I, and I remember this very vividly. We had um, this came in a plastic bottle, and there 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 little, there there were tiny, 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 tiny tablets. And you were a toddler, okay. and the okay you, um, but I remember getting the bottle from the pharmacy and putting it on our dining room table, and and we had some company come over, and the. Both the husband and wife were into uh, holistic medicine, or not holistic medicine, but you know, into health, and the, they they were awake about the dangers of things, and they saw that, and they said, "What are you doing?" And, and this is again, this is probably after, oh no, it couldn't have been more than several days, and they said, "You're poisoning your child," and and I'll never forget that. And I'm well, thinking, thank wow. you guys. <laughs> you know, so, so we we doubled your dose. And, uh, which explains a lot. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But no, after that, we, um, after the, the wife, in fact, she, she later passed away. Well, she later was killed. Um, 
unfortunately. Um, and that was the banker's wife who was kidnapped and murdered. Uh, but she said, no, it's, it was horrible. And, and that was, that was back in, uh, well, that's interesting. 1984, I think. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah but but boy, um, now I understand. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes next as far as, you know, the... the uh, and that'll be something tomorrow we can talk with Ted about is uh, what to expect. Um, if this is a new classification, if it, that warrants the uh, removal from all public, you know... The, but But don't they have... And I'm serious. Don't they have something, either either a coating, a medicine, a mouthwash kind of thing, that actually would completely prevent tooth decay? I don't know. Okay, I've heard this. I've heard this, and I have not been able to to find any. Now you can you can find anecdotal claims with anecdotal evidence, or or, or not not substantive. Um, you know, it's kind of weird. I cannot find anything that I could rely on in terms of um, source. I can't. I couldn't source it. But but I've heard that they have like a mouthwash that the one one time per year application or somewhere in that vicinity that would prevent in any tooth decay. Now, I do believe that that I do believe that they have got treatments and and actual uh, cures for cancer. Uh, and other diseases, but it, it, you know it's contrary to big pharma, so they don't uh, l- l- let us have it. Which which brings me to one other thing, and if I could just vent for a little bit, can I vent for a second and, and ask this question about? Yeah. Because I wonder how many people are out there like this. Um, and, and this hits close to home. Uh, b- before I vent here, before I get into it, I also want to mention that portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones, WholeTonesLive.com. You've heard them, right? WholeTonesLive.com, you've heard them. Go to WholeTonesLive.com and download your free sample while you're at it. Uh, take a look at the testimonials there at WholeTonesLive.com. But, but try it out. WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. W-H-O-L-E TonesLive.com. Really accessing the music of King David, uh, the frequencies of King David. But okay, here's, now, now getting back to this, here's my, my, my question. Uh, we were talking, you were talking about fluoride, and you're talking about the, the, the big pharma. We're talking about the big pharma. And, yeah, he, and here's and these what, these disclosures. Right. 9-11 pages, Panama Papers. Right. Now, now here, here's something that to me it, it hits close to home, and, and I want to ask everyone what you think of this. We've got a good friend with rheumatoid arthritis. My wife suffers from osteoarthritis. Now, Ted Brower, thank goodness for for his products because they have made a big difference in my wife's life. But here is the question I've got: You've got um, in a waiting room in a doctor's office yesterday. There are women, and especially the older women, and men, men that had suffered injuries from the war, but nonetheless have either arthritic pain or or joint pain. But you could see a waiting room filled with people who are in excruciating pain. Now, my okay. Hold that thought. I mean, it, 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 when when I looked over the the 
the landscape of this waiting room. I mean, we're talking about crease line making pain, unbelievable pain, devastating life stopping pain. On the wall, by the by the desk where people check in, big letters, we do not give out narcotics. And then without, <clears throat> there, there, there were conditions. In other words, uh, no new patients get narcotics. And I mean, it, it, it was like looking at some sort of um, Orwellian terms of service for, for a doctor's office. Now, Here's my problem with this. Not that I'm advocating you know, pres- prescribing narcotics, but I what I'm saying is when I when I look at what's going on and I'm seeing this increasingly because as you get yeah. older you get you get you get I mean you get problems you have to go into a doctor's office and my wife got these 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 well and there was a story of, of a of a local doctor whose uh, license was suspended and put under review because he uh of he, they were looking at the ways that the prescriptions were coming out of his office. He had surgery, and his partner prescribed him some pain medicine. Right, and basically they had they shut his whole practice down for months because they they were looking at how you know his prescription uh, patterns. Well, you know, later to find that there was nothing. You know, what bothers me is, I, and I was talking with a, with our friend who's got rheumatoid arthritis, and she's in a wheelchair. And she's just, I mean, the wheelchair is probably twice as big as she is. And I knew her when she was upright walking and, and not afflicted with this. And, and folks, this, I think, has something to do with what's going on. And I think this is a part of the bigger picture. But um, she has to, and she's in constant pain. Um, I look at her and I think, I just, I, I cannot even imagine the pain that she's in from, from I mean, her spine collapsed and, um her the disfigurement is just hideous now that's not to say she's not a beautiful beautiful lady but the disfigurement's hideous okay so and i talked to her but i also talked to somebody in a casual sense there was a, a, a gentleman in, in the waiting room who who's got a, a just a tremendous injury just blow, you know almost blown to bits it's kind of one of those people that you see on the on you know that are used for wounded warriors that that kind of injury and conversationally between the two here's what i learned i learned that the doctors are are refusing to prescribe pain medication of any kind and i don't know whether i mean i look i don't know i don't know if it's I mean, I know they're opiate-based. If it's morphine or or um, what's uh, what's that oxycodone or cotton? Yeah, I don't even know if there's a difference or oxycodone. I mean, what's that? Percodan, Percocet. Percocet. Um, is that the same thing or roughly? Percocet is, uh, from what I understand, uh, the same classification as hydrocodone. Okay. Well, hydrocodone too, because they bumped that from a Schedule 3 to a Schedule 2 drug. But I'll just say that uh, last time I got a tooth pulled a few years ago, the dentist gave me a few, uh, the prescription for a few Percocets. And um, I've taken Vicodin before for teeth extraction and, and broken bones and whatnot. But uh, if they were the same classifications, I mean, those things, you talk about making you feel messed up, 
What, a Percus? A Percus yeah, Percus yeah. Man? Just one, I mean, one. I, it was, I think I had surgery, and I think they might have given that to me. And but, I just, uh, I, I, you know, I don't remember. Okay, but, but here's my, here's my, here's where I'm coming from. Here's why I mentioned this. Uh, any closer we should date, <laughs> go out to dinner. Uh, Eric the tech, you can't see, he came over here and he's, thank you. Anyway, um, here's where I'm going with this. And, and folks, I know we, we are an aging population. If you're like me, we're aging. And we do have, we do have issues. But when my wife was in yesterday for her arthritis, the doctor said, um, you, you take it like just an inordinate amount of Tylenol and, uh, mix it with Advil. And, and I, th- I was thinking, and I was not in the appointment, but I was thinking after, after the fact, isn't that pretty toxic? I mean, I, she does follow the regiment of Ted, Ted Brower and Ted's helping her a lot and, and seen a massive improvement. But my question is, is this something part, is this more part of a, let's get rid of the older and infirm? Because the gentleman I was speaking to, circling back to that, who was blown up by an IED, and this is, this was, 10 years ago now um, he was complaining that he has to come in every 30 days in order for his medicine to be reviewed and then they only give him so much and then they make him pee in a cup and do all sorts of weird and I'm thinking you know it gets to the point where you just don't want to deal with that anymore and the suicide rate among veterans is a lot higher so are we seeing uh, an agenda to kill off the impaired the infirmed the impaired and the affirmed. Is that what we're seeing? Did you say kill off? Yeah, to kill off. Or don't, when I say kill them off, no, I'm okay. Don't call it for what it is. It's, mer- it's the suicide rate. It's among mercy killing. It's, it's, uh, you know, the death panels. It is the, um, the humane thing to do. And you don't know this, but I have, I had a cousin who had, uh, cancer. And I, and I didn't know this either. I mean, I'm not close to my extended family or my family. I'm closer to, to my listeners than I am to my to, to, to the remnants or, or whatever's left of my family. And I did not know this, but my cousin actually committed suicide by an overdose because of the pain being caused. Uh, that was he was in so much pain with with cancer. I and I did wow. not know him at the time, and I didn't. I mean, that's terrible. Okay, I went to his I went to his funeral. I went to his um uh, went to his wake, and I and I and. No one would tell me. No one would say anything about what was going on. And then I spoke with his mother, my aunt, uh, who since passed, and uh, found that out. But I, I guess are the are the, are the people in power? Are they pushing the people like you and I, or the older or the infirmed? Are they pushing us to to commit suicide? Because I, oh. I can't think of any any legitimate reason. I, the war on drugs to me is just nothing but a but a but a laughable not even it's not even laughable it's 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 just the war on drugs is just a bunch of bs it is uh you know you look at the the war on drugs and the push to um you know get the legislation behind the war and when you have a substance like crack and the crack can be made into cocaine by some kind of chemical change not adding any other drugs you can get you know 30 times the amount of time for having the same amount of one, you know, the crack as you, the jail time as you can for cocaine. I mean, it's just absurd. Nonviolent well, offenses. It, it, and, didn't the CIA, they haven't, didn't your research prove yes. and, and, and others research yes, prove the CIA created, brought, in, well, brought they, this in? Yes. They actually not only brought in the uh, cocaine, they also 
showed people and the who they distributed it to how to turn it into from cocaine to crack uh crack rock which started lots of of gang violence and and drug wars among gangs in major cities especially in, in Los Angeles and gave rise to the cartels and um you know we look back and see the uh culture in the US in the 70s and 80s the go-go culture the cocaine consuming right. Pablo Escobar right. culture. Yep. Um there's an interesting series on Netflix. It's called Narcos and it's basically a a uh, documentary slash um production mo- a TV production showing the uh life of Escobar and the different events that happened from a DEA agent's perspective. And it shows the you know he was killing off politicians and and you know all kinds of important people in in the political and uh influential sphere in Colombia. Well, the in one of the scenes it says, you know, the problem seems uh, with the Americans is that 60 tons of cocaine were was consumed in your country last year. Uh, you know, and they were making reference that it was during an argument about extradition. And that just kind of shocked me, so I I did a little bit of research and yes, if it wasn't for the drug use of the Americans a lot of the wars and violence and cartels that we see would never be. Well, uh, same I, I thing totally with agree. Afghanistan and the heroin. Uh, and we're guarding the poppy fields. And Susan Price, who was on our program, uh, had, had told me about her son who was killed in in Afghanistan about yeah. his guarding the the uh, opium fields or his work with. There was a lot of shady dealings going on. Famous football player out. Pat Tillman. Yep. Was writing home about the, the same the same situation. You know, That's why right. are we in Afghanistan protecting drugs? And he was killed by quote unquote friendly fire. Yeah. So I mean, we have to look at this as, uh, obviously as a big business by the uh, federal government. But it it, it just it, it astounds me to see uh, the, those people who have made the laws that make the elderly, the infirmed, and the people that have legitimate problems to, to make them suffer, those people who have made those laws and to think that they are they, they are more knowledgeable than anyone else, you go and have a tooth pulled without Novocaine uh, or your teeth pulled without Novocaine. If that's, you know, or, or when you're dying and in the hospice, make sure that you're just, you want to, you know, here, here, here's a couple of Bayer aspirin, okay? Yeah. Um, because that's the way the laws are. And, and I, I just I feel so so sad. I mean, I don't want to be on a soapbox, but I I just see this as part of a larger problem that that'll that'll have people um, because there's a lot of pain out there, a lot of physical pain with with, with the agent. No, there is also a lot of abuse and overdoses which we see today, but well, yeah, it, it is more from people getting uh, hooked on the from the pain medication side, then you know taking it to the extreme and, and going to heroin. That's where the the yeah, and, and isn't wasn't there something with the with the cutback of the availability to legitimate yes. people of whatever the, it has arrived it has rise so the deaths and use of heroin. So you've got ordinary law-abiding citizens moving toward illegal illicit drugs. Is yep. that the plan? Because then? the the what you talked about is uh, we're seeing the effects of the cutbacks of of medicine, All and right. you know sometimes people don't need the medicines they think they do. Um, but a lot of times, people have chronic pain. But How do you I, deal with that? Well, I mean, you you can't uh, 
my neighbor had, it, it was in chronic pain from a, from an acute it was there was an acute back injury that he had and, and it blew out I mean just blew out a disc okay so they had they, they went in and did surgery which was either surgery or paralysis and so they he had surgery done and then the doctor and he was fine okay but then the doctor says well you got another disc that's up there we should probably um, do a fusion and uh, he said okay because you know he, rather than have you take medication to, to maintain your your level of uh, mobility let's let's go ahead and have the fusion done that was the, the, the week before christmas he can't walk today i mean he can barely walk today i, I don't want to overstate it but he can barely walk today and there seems to be a push for uh for surgery too but anyway um i i guess this is a bigger part of of the drug well, nar- narcotics America. What's that? The uh, drug ink, or yeah, or what's what do they call that? Um, no, uh, it is a, an epidemic. The the substance abuse in this country, and it's sad that people who have to have um, legitimate diseases and uh, legitimate needs for certain medicines have to suffer because of the. Uh, well. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Others, I, know. Yeah. I just think that this this is going to become more and more more. Oh, it is. Um, it, it is. I've, I. You know, I read uh, and keep up on my uh, U.S. government health information. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be bad, and we're gonna. And this is not kind of in the same area, but tobacco use uh-huh. is gonna. You're gonna see some things that are gonna change with tobacco. So, okay, so those people who do smoke, and, and I'm not gonna make any judgments at all because I smoke cigarettes. I'm yeah. Okay. So okay. So let me ask this question. Um, are are they going to make that? Are they going to regulate that into yes. a drug? Okay. Yep. All right. I don't know if they're going to regulate it into a drug. They're going to regulate it, and with the new uh, interactive, personalized, person-centric healthcare, they are going to apply behavior modification tools because, obviously, if you're paying for healthcare, the government is the uh, provider of the healthcare. Right. They're not going to allow you to do something to yourself that will create an increase in their cost whether okay. that's not exercising or eating which brings me or that's right smoking and this brought us right around to this hour's topic because this is the centralization this is the control over human behavior social engineering and this is what joe's been working on in terms of the rfid chip and the medical tracking because now here's what we're seeing with the takeover and this is a necessary takeover of the healthcare system which is why you saw this bipartisan support i mean you say necessary takeover necessary takeover it was required that you saw bipartisan support for the Healthcare. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and the, the gavel walk and all of this. So here is what is going to have to happen or what is planned. Now, it, it, the, the end game objective is this and then uh, how they get there is going to be a little subject to change. But here's what's going to happen. In order for you to get your, your, any kind of medication, whether it be for to manage chronic pain or to manage diabetic issues, your insulin, or uh, how about how about uh, any kind of drug, uh, including and especially those that 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 
affect the chemistry of the brain, such as lithium or lithium or uh, bipolar products, where you've got a person whose blood chemistry is out that requires on uh, requires lithium. So all of this, you're not going to be able to get any attention, any care, any pharmacy products, any pharmaceuticals without having being tracked. Right, and this you're not is, even going to yeah. want to go near the stores if, well, if you're not yeah. part of the system because. Uh, yeah, there's coming a time. You know, their their goal is the, like I said, the personal health information through electronic records, and they want to build and strengthen global health security, which in their own words is uh, preparedness and response and recovery planning that includes the health and pose it could pose a risk to security or destabilizing um, social uh, changes the objective is to improve global health by supporting and implementing international health regulations through electronic health records um, of which the American people will be the first country to implement and work toward the development of the global public health capabilities. That's right. So don't look at, I mean, these, what we're seeing today, and the reason I made a big thing about this coming into the program is not for any personal reason but urging everyone to look at the bigger picture because if you can see the symptoms and signs and little tells within the local system within the system that you're a part of if you can when you walk into your doctor's office and you see the form that requires you to fill out oh some more questions even about gun ownership and then you look at the controlling of the medications and then you look at other things that are being pushed into a system now that 10 years ago you did not necessarily see. All of this post-dates the implementation of Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act. And then on now, because because today, well, tomorrow is tax day, actually the 18th, but traditionally April 15th is tax day. Take a look at your tax form. On your tax form now, you will be paying the penalty or the mechanism for non-compliance to the Affordable Care Act now comes into play and it's Wait, and it, it is the IRS. It's a tax. It's whatever it is, tax penalty or whatever. Well, it, yeah, it is no, a they, tax, but it is a penalty. At the hear the Watchman Conference, uh, I forget the speaker who said it, but made a great distinction that the if it were really about health, the FDA would be in control of the um, accountability for yeah. the Obamacare, not the IRS. Well. It's the it's the IRS right now who who has the uh, who has the uh, teeth to to make sure you're you're compliant and, and I'm seeing this because and not to jump in and interrupt ahead. but uh, IRS chief I don't know if you saw this today agency encourages illegal immigrants to steal social security numbers to file tax returns well <laughs> the head of the IRS that? said the agency wants illegal immigrants to pay the taxes. They're obligated to pay, even if they are using fraudulent Social Security numbers. But it's probably worse than many think. It goes on to say, I wonder how much the amnesty bosses or bonuses of a $24,000 tax credit factors in here. Back in February, the, Washington, uh, the Weekly Standard reported the significance of this change uh, is noted that having a Social Security number will allow individuals to get federal benefits that were previously unavailable. In particular, it could allow millions of people who have received the tax benefit, known as the Earned Income Tax Credit. Under the law, families with low to moderate incomes can get this EITC cash payment as high as 
$6,143 only if they have a social security number. For some people, the amount could go even higher, but this is only for, this program is only for people who are eligible. And in order to be eligible, you have to be a citizen. If you're a citizen, you're given a social security number. If you're an illegal immigrant, you don't have a social security number. So steal one. So you can receive your fraudulent payment. Right. Well, what I mean, gets this is it, it, craziness. What, what gets me is in the back in the day, you were a, a drug dealer. Let's say if you're running a, a prostitution business or a drug deal, you know, an illicit drug business. Um, what what you were urged to do was get yourself a uh, so or um, contact the IRS, and they would uh, they would give you this. Uh, for an, anonymity uh, purposes, uh, no, a social security number. So you are in compliance with the tax laws, and you would report your illicit income under a basically a fake social and a mm-hmm. ultimately a fake social and a fake name. And uh, and so as long as you paid your taxes, it doesn't matter if you were you know uh, human trafficking was your primary source of income. As long as you reported that income and paid taxes on it, the IRS was not going to come come after you. What a twisted world yeah. we live in. And you can make any um, illegal activity appear as though it is a legitimate profiteering business through means of incorporation well, and other legal... You uh, have to, though. I mean, you've got to pay taxes on, on that money. There, there were drug dealers. Uh, there was one guy from New York in the 80s who did the same thing, used the money to buy businesses like a car dealership, and he created a payroll system yep. for, I mean, just... In, I don't know uh, what you'd even call it, but very clever using the system to uh, make your drug dealing business, which is illegal, appear to be legal. Uh, He's, anyway, serving a life sentence now um, for murder. But they, the drug dealers, become more creative. The criminals become more creative. This is the reason for the push towards cashless society and the consolidation of information and tracking of everything we do. Because the money is going to have to all be accounted for. Every action you take will have to have uh, a receipt or a, a. It'll be. It'll be tracked. But through, right. but it'll, it'll be done electronically because because paper money, and we're seeing this already. All, all cash money, cash paper money will be made illegal. You're not going to be able to take uh, twenty bucks down to the gas station get yourself gas or. Um, right. Whatever. And it's, it, and it's yeah. it's a matter of complete control of money and your availability to money because if you have cash you know you could potentially be making money on the side then and not reporting it or buying things outside of what the government wants you to or will allow you to and they can't have that that's and right. Right. the cashless society is not about um anything that will improve the economy or jobs or a person's or civilization's um Bottom line, at the end of the day, it is only something that will hurt them. And, and many people don't think that this is real. And, and um, Steve, Steve Quayle and I talked one day, and uh, we had a great conversation just about, you know, how many people who talk about these issues believe in their heart that it's, it's real? Now, it's one thing to talk about things like this, but it's another thing to believe. Yep. I tell my wife all the time, and I think I've said this before, Prepare to live in the woods, because <laughs> she'll complain about things like not having lotion or chapstick. And I tell her, I say, you know, you're not. You got to understand and get yourself mentally ready 
Yeah. I said, there's going to come a day where you're not going to have any of the creature comforts we have from a sh- you know, a house to electricity to plumbing to water. Get yourself a bucket. <laughs> and you're complaining yeah. about chapstick and lotion. Yeah. What happens when we have no food and we're living, you know, in the woods on the run? Because well, we will see that in our lifetime. I, I, yeah, you probably will. I don't know if I will, but I, I, I'm sure that, that, uh, anyone younger than, I think than if 40. You plan on living for the next five years, you will be too. You, you know, uh, timing is a funny thing. I, I, cause I do believe that prayer and intercession and exposing, people often ask us, well, why, why do you do this? Why do you talk about this? Basically, a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Because we're picking up new listeners and we're reinforcing, uh, the information that we were, were talking about before. So we, we you know, it, it, but, but timing, um, of what we're talking about, I don't know if it's going to be next month, next year, or 10 years from now, but it's coming. It's coming to that point. So maybe you're more right than incorrect. Uh, well, more right than wrong. On the Dave books, Hodges is going to talk about this stuff. Yeah. On the books, um, by the beginning of 2018, you will know. You will see it being incorporated. But but, but that's been pushed back. From it has been pushed 2016, back from 2013, 2013, 2016. Right. Yeah, yeah. And but at the same time now, we're seeing such an increase in the uh, technological areas of the the healthcare work, where from trackable to ink uh, for tattoos to actual rice size uh, chips that can be implanted. Yep. We are seeing people who have already implanted themselves with chips for different reasons, from unlocking their front door to starting their car to uh, personal identification. We're seeing digital commerce uh, increase to the point it is, I don't know, how much would is digital commerce um uh, a part of our economy, as much as you know, going out to a store and physically buying something. Well, there's e-commerce. I'm, sure I'm seeing there. more and more del- deliveries from Amazon. Drones are now delivering for well, Amazon. I haven't and seen that, but you can get food from Amazon. I mean, yeah, you can basically with a, a checking account that has money in it and a computer, live in a room and have every and anything you need delivered to you. It's it's amazing. Um, just the advances, and think back to two. I mean, if you if you want a, um, a, a, a like a bookmark in time, think back before nine eleven. Think how you did your shopping, and think for most adults, and th- think about how your day progressed. Were you on the internet? How long were you on the internet? Um, were were you on you know Twitter? You didn't have Twitter or Facebook, or if you did, it wasn't certainly. I spent the same amount of time on the internet before 9-11. It was just because it took the dial-up that long to connect. Uh, yeah, I remember that, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, today people have been, uh, it's, like it's almost like a, 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 a different, a third arm, an extension of our body, this technology. And, and there's so many people that, I mean, before 9-11 people were addicted to, and I believe they still are addicted to, to video games. Entertainment, but, yeah. yeah. But so, but, but to, just to, to circle this back and just to kind of encapsulate this hour, I, I certainly believe what we're seeing today, folks, and Joe and I are, I think we're in agreement on this. Number one, we're seeing through the use of medicine, through the use of, of, uh, uh, medical, uh, medical policies and practices and through the use of, of the healthcare system, uh, the insurance 
and the enforcement by the IRS and the enforcement by the financial sectors uh, of our government. We are seeing now this push toward complete and utter control where the infirmed and impaired are are going to be really victimized by, and, and even the veterans are being victimized by the medical system and it's it's all about control and, and controlling a big segment of our society. And Dave Hodges is going to talk about the Federal Reserve. There's uh, some interesting things going on with the Federal Reserve um, that yep. they're meeting with Barack Obama and Dave. I think they did meet. Yes, yeah, okay. Dave made the, the, the statement to me today that said, you know, the president doesn't tell the Federal Reserve what to do. The Federal Reserve tells the president what they're going to do. And he asked if the meeting with the uh, with Barack Obama uh, was indication of a change in monetary policy or uh, letting him know of a, something good or bad that's coming. But Greenspan said uh, he was. This was from uh, CNBC today. Greenspan was given an interview. He said monetary policy has done everything it can. The Fed, former Fed chairman Greenspan Thursday said monetary policy has reached the outward bounds of its effectiveness without another round of quantitative easing. So what does that mean? Uh, translate that for me. He goes on to say the, that Doug language. monetary policy or the laws of how they issue money right. has done everything they can unless you want to put additional cash uh, in the in the circulation. They're not helping that much in the sense that ultimately determines whether or not you're getting an effect from the QEs beyond increasing price-to-earnings ratio in the stock market, he said during the interview. There's no real evidence that we're getting an impact on lending, and the economy is not picking up, he said. Greenspan said he disagreed with the IMF's managing director, Lagarde, Christine Lagarde, on yeah. negative interest rates that would create a net positive impact. Lagarde offered the assessment earlier on Squawk on the Street, which is apparently a program here. He goes on to say negative interest rates hurts financial institutions, and uh, he said that I blame it on the policies that got us to where we are. Uh, on the neg- he blames negative interest rates on the policies that they used to get where they are today. But see, those policies were policies he implemented himself, and it goes on from there. But we'll talk about this more with Dave Hodges. Sure. There was Janet Yellen met with the uh, a lot of things going on in the background. Renegade. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Um, But, yeah, we're looking at some things. The European uh, economy is on the brink of disaster. Germany looking real shaky. And there might be some changes at the Fed. That's definitely changes with IMF policy coming down the pipe. We'll see soon as the TPP is going to be gaining more and more um, effect and momentum. We'll be right back with Dave Hodges right after this. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. 
exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report, very special edition. Our guest, Dave Hodges, thecommonsenseshow.com. Folks, visit his website. What a, just a, a tremendous number of very essential reports about what's taking place in the world today. Um, and it's linked off of Hagman and Hagman.com. Dave Hodges, an intrepid, I believe, an intrepid uh, reporter asking questions others don't and won't, certainly not in the mainstream media. And tonight we're going to be talking about a number of things, including uh, what is going on in the political arena. And the reason for this, and you might ask yourself, well, why should we concern ourselves with this with this up, uh, uh, the political, the politics, the theatrics of the delegates and super delegates. Well, there's a reason for it because it's just like the first hour we talked about what are the signs and symptoms for the larger picture. This is the signs and symptoms on the theatrical side. On the, the this is what people are seeing, and uh, Dave explains it in extraordinarily great detail. Before we get to our guest, I want to make sure that everyone does do this. You know, it's tax time. You perhaps you're getting a refund, perhaps. Um, if you are and haven't gotten it yet, let me make a suggestion for you. Or Mother's Day is coming up, and think outside of the box for Mother's Day gifts, and that includes a mattress. Uh, can you imagine giving your, 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 your mom, for example, or the mother of your children just a wonderful gift of a good night's sleep? Can you do that? Of course you can. Go to casper.com slash CFP radio. Casper, they're an online retailer of premium mattresses. They offer these mattresses at a fraction of the price. You know, the mattress industry is, infer- is inherently forced consumers into paying just really ridiculous high markups. Casper, they are revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms. And what they do is they pass that savings on to you and I. Casper Mattress provides the resilience and long-lasting support of comfort. Trust me on this, folks. I sleep on a Casper Mattress. Our guests sleep on Casper Mattresses. In fact, we have Casper Mattresses in a in a bunk bed um, situation. We've got the the, uh, the twin on bunk beds. We've got a a queen or a twins uh, or I'm sorry. Yeah, a double. I'm, I, I always get confused about the about the size names 
a double uh, mattress in one of the guest rooms, a queen in another, and of course, uh, a king. So, but they're all Casper mattresses. The quality is just absolutely beyond anything I can describe adequately. They are, it's a one of a kind. It's a new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. And uh, once more, the cost, mattresses can cost well over $1,500, but Casper, hey, 500 bucks for a twin size and 950 for a king size. You can't beat it. And I love how they're delivered. It's in the box. It's, it's a, it's a kind of a huge box. Uh, not a huge box, but I mean, it's, it's a box. And, and uh, <laughs> it's dense, you know, and it's fun to open. You said you, you put it by the bed and you open the box and you put the mattress on the, on the, on the, on the bed. And it, it just, it's just, it's just fun to, fun to open. But it, it's, the convenience is beyond belief. Buying a Casper mattress is, can, just comp- is, is absolutely risk-free. They offer free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. It's just that simple. And statistically, laying in a bed for four minutes in the showroom, that ain't going to cut it for you. So that's why Casper Mattress turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. They understand the importance of truly trying on a mattress. And that, in all reality... I mean, you think about it, you spend a 30-year life on a mattress sleeping, or at least some some people do. Even if it's for a few hours, that sleep is restorative and because of the way this mattress is made. It's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Risk-free trial. Mattresses made in America, folks. Made in, and I know how important that is to people. Made in America. The pricing, you can't beat that. Folks, please go to casper.com slash CFP radio. That's casper.com slash CFP radio. And when you go there, you'll know you're in the right spot when it says welcome Hagman and Hagman listeners or, or a reference to our show. But what they have done for you, the listener for Casper mattress by using CFP radio as the promo code. That's CFP radio as the promo code. You get 50 bucks off, $50 off toward your purchase of a mattress. Visit the URL. Visit Casper.com slash CFP radio. Visit Casper.com slash CFP radio. Then use the promo code CFP radio to receive $50 off. Made in America is definitely great. Right on, brother. You know, the only other addition that we might have to make for that disclaimer is made in America by an American. <laughs> by Americans, an American product. It's just fantastic. Now, I want to just make make this um, before I give it over to you, Joe. I just want to make sure people understand. Dave Hodges has a has a program right here on Global Star Radio Network. Now, Dave has made some sacrifices to be with us tonight, and uh, I just leave it at that. Um, I want to be very respectful of his time, and there's he's got a lot of information, a lot of critical information to impart to us. So please, folks, pay really close attention to Dave Hodges. Visit his website, and you know what? Tell him too in in emails. You know, drop him an email and tell him uh, if you have any. Uh, you know, I mean, just tell him how much you appreciate his work because he does a, a just a, a yeoman's job and uh, a tremendous job in 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 all of his reporting, Joe. Yeah, uh, thecommonsenseshow.com. Check out his uh, content. I was reading through his top stories this morning, and there's some great stuff there. Uh, you know, you got the electronic manipulation, the, the DARPA story, which there's more to it than, than just the, um, uh, the patents and the electromagnetic interference that is affecting behavior and uh, 
you know, mental thought and and human processes. Uh, Dave, welcome to the to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Um, I'm going to let you tell the story. It's a to be here. I like that Casper commercial. I was ready to go take a nap. Uh, you, you, I'm going to tell you, you should. What a wonderful, what a wonderful experience. But and you deserve it too, because folks, this is a guy that's up like you know. <laughs> I mean, we're we're what three hours behind each other, and, and my goodness, it's early where I'm at, and he's already on the phone talking to me. So. Uh, yeah, you deserve it. But go, go ahead. Take us, take us where you want to go tonight. Where do we start first? You know, I, I reminded my wife's words when I got my own website, and we started to draw a few numbers, and she said, this is really impressive. She said, I just hope you never run out of things to write about. <laughs> and now, here I am, guys. You know, I don't know. Where to start with all this? Um, I mean, we've got the fifth column forces in Central America, the terrorists um, being supplied by U.S. military. I've got eyewitnesses on the ground that confirm it, and some people put their name on it. I've got uh, the chicanery of the Republican Party being defended by family members of some of the people who, despite they say, oh, they have nothing to do with this, but they go on Alex Jones, uh, MSNBC, uh, Sean Hannity, and they tell us that, shut up, sit down, we will tell you who your candidate is. And then we have uh, electromagnetic uh, manipulation, which is for two reasons. One is to control mind and thinking, uh, behavior, and then the other reason is to So, gentlemen, I'm getting a signal here. Let me just shift phones here just a moment. Excuse me. All right, sure. Go ahead and do that. And I'm going to get in here to the article you and and some of the the electronic, uh, the DARPA stuff, because this is what what I started with when I went to your site this morning and was very surprised at what I found, the patents that are here. Um, They have patents that are uh, methods and systems for altering consciousness and it's these are legal patents filed decades ago and the system for altering the state of human consciousness through the application of multiple stimuli from sounds to frequencies and waveforms and um, we're seeing this uh, the effects of this in certain areas of the country and you got some some information from uh from some somebody who worked in this field, uh, and it's you amazing. got what the story you, on your website. What you brought up. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, I'm going to go backwards even before that. Um, let's go back well, maybe eight, nine years when I first had Dr. Nick Begich, who came out with all these patents that showed uh, what this person claims. And this person is purporting to be Dr. Paul Vacho. And I was able to vet his background. It's publicly available. Um, he's undergrad at Purdue, aeronautical engineering, and then he branched out to do physics. And this is where it gets really weird, guys. He sends me stuff. And I recognized what it was. And I'm going to have to tell the story on two verses at the same time. Uh, he sent me stuff that I already knew. I mean, I already know about this. I've done these interviews with Nick Begich, Deborah Tavares, uh, with um, uh, an insider at Arizona State University. So I've already been there, done that, and I've done it years ago. And I've done it even more dramatically than what was revealed here. But what was intriguing to me was 
in his vitae, uh, he claims that he was working at Los Alamos Labs as a senior opera scientist. Well, I went on the search trail, and I was able to confirm that as well. So he had a top-level security clearance, and people need to keep this in mind. Now, if you are in the media and you deal with insider sources, there are protocols that you follow that you never violate. And if you're giving information uh, that is top secret or damaging to a certain group, you never hang the journalist out to dry in a public manner. And I want people to keep this in mind. And if you have a security clearance and from the DOD, and they call it a Q clearance, then uh, Paul uh, knew this. So I'm looking at his stuff, and I'm going, okay, this is not that impressive based on what I already know, but the fact is you got a senior DARPA scientist, former, who is saying this. So I go, okay, I'm going to print this because I knew I was being set up, and I'll get to that part in a minute. But I also knew, you know, in the setup, it's kind of like you got to put a little food on the bait, and he gave me a little food on the bait. So I did a little judo with him. I took his momentum and used it against him, and I published it as a revelation. But then very quickly, so I didn't lose my own credibility, I went back into the past, and I said, hey, been there, done that with this person, this person, that person, so I know all this stuff. The fact is, it's a senior DARPA guy. Now, what he did to me was inexcusable. Uh, this has never been done to me before, and I would never think of doing it to another source, no matter how much I dislike them. Um, he sent three emails of reputed communication between various committees um, and watchdog groups associated with the alphabet soups like the FBI, the CIA, the DIA, DHS, you get it, everyone who matters, he's sending this stuff out. He claims in there that in the St. Petersburg and Tampa area, there are lethal doses coming from microwave and cell phone towers that can do harm. He said this is clearly a terrorist act and they're using government facilities to accomplish their means. And he effectively repeated the warning to the same eight email addresses every single time. Now, it started, his communication trail started March 4th, and it concluded at 8.08 p.m. on April 8th. Now, I want you guys to keep in mind, at 7 a.m. on April 8th, I reported on university research studies involving lab mice using DARPA techniques that they were engaging in thought control with mice, and they say, well, how can you control the thinking of a mice? Because the outcome of the behavior would change. And I extrapolated that because I know a lot about the human brain given my academic environment, and I said, here's how this can be used with humans. I published that article on my website um, before it's news with Steve Quayle and the 1,300 websites that follow me. And that went out at 7 a.m. my time. 11 hours later, I get this, and I don't believe in coincidences, I get this email. Now, what he did to me that was inexcusable was when he wrote back to these people on April 8th, he included me as a CC. Dave Hodges at com. You never do that. Now, I know that, he knows that, and DARPA knows this. I take this unquestionably as a warning to Dave Hodges to back off. And the fact that this happened to me on the very day that I published a well-documented but controversial article on this topic is no coincidence. This was a message to me to back off. I, 
absolutely think that. Now, I've tried to communicate with him. I went through some people I know. I have his contact information. I have his home address. I have various phone numbers. And I've left the gentleman a couple of numbers. And one of them, I left him when I was really upset in the middle of the night. And I called him and I said, we need to have a conversation about how you hung me out to dry. Now, you read my response today on my website. It looks like I'm championing you as a whistleblower. But you and I both know that what you did was set me up. And I've yet to hear back from him. So, so, so just to be clear, Dave, just so I'm understanding this and, and the people out there are understanding this, essentially what, what he did was kind of drop classified or restricted dis- information, uh, restricted dissemination to you to basically... And only me, Doug. Only to, me. No other media. Me. Right. That's a problem. And we have to be... And this should serve as a warning to not only... Um, the people in the secondary or people in the new media, but everybody out there, because you can receive information, and we have to be extraordinarily careful when we get an email, when we open up attachments or open up the email, and uh, you, I mean, people automatically think, well, they could send child porn. Well, even or equally disgusting, uh, or maybe not as disgusting as that, they could send classified documents. Right. And we're not Hillary Clinton. We don't have immunity. Well, there you go. Things, there so. you go. So you're right. Okay. Yeah, there you go, guys. And you see through it. To the average person out there that doesn't work in confidential sources and, and protecting identities and so forth, this may be uh, new to them. Uh, but what I'm saying, and I know Doug and Joe, you can confirm this. What this guy did to me was inexcusable. Don't you agree? Yeah. I, I totally, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that because putting you in a position where you're receiving this information, it, it's, um, yeah, it, you're you're being set up. And and, and again, I, I don't want people to think that this is some sort of a, a hysterical uh, claim. It's not. I mean, it, it's it, it's the equivalent. Of digitally, you know, of a cop planting, uh, you know, an eight ball on you as he's searching your car, except this has greater ramifications in, in terms of your journalistic right. uh, uh, position. I'm, uh, I'm hopeful, Doug, that uh, I made the uh, overseers here not real happy because, number one, I was able to take what was revealed to me and reveal it in a way that the average person who doesn't know a lot about mind control and about lethal technology involving electromagnetic fields like cell phones and microwave towers, that I'm hopeful that people uh, could see that this stuff is really real and here's a senior DARPA scientist. So I tried to use that against him. I tried to say, okay, you want to step into my arena? I'm going to put this right back in your face. And then I waited a day. And I came out and I said, now this is really what's going on, folks. The revelation is correct, but I already knew that. And they know I already knew that. <laughs> so I identify them as, as sending me a thinly veiled warning. And uh, it tells you they don't want us talking about this. And where people who are listening tonight say, okay, Dave, what does this mean for us? Awful for you, but what does it mean to the average listener? It means they're going to use this stuff against you. Right. That's what it means. That's why they don't want us writing about it and talking about it. Exactly. Yeah, and it's 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 happening more and more. I'm I'm seeing this or getting reports of it. I shouldn't say seeing it, but getting reports of this. It's happening more and more, and it, it is to place the recipient in the position of uh, legal jeopardy. And um, again, it's kind of like you know, if you want to use the street analogy, some a cop planting an eight ball on you uh, in your car as they're searching your car, uh, or 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 some sort of a you know a, a th- throw out a weapon. 
you know, it's the same thing. But but the but the ramifications on this is are, are much deeper. So all it right. engage me very well. And, and let me explain yeah. what I mean. I've had people that have come to me with insider information that I have chosen not to reveal because I didn't think I could do it in a way that could protect them. I couldn't protect their identity. I thought it'd be traceable. And I have backed off some stories for that reason and that reason alone. But if these guys would have bothered to read what I write about and what I reveal, particularly in this arena of mind control and lethal technology, they should have known this was the response they were going to get. That's not in my personality to back off. It's not in your personality. It's not in Steve Quayle's personality. And I was wondering, you know, don't they do research on us to find out how we're going to react to this? Well, sometimes I think they they believe because we are so incredibly busy that uh, something could reside in your inbox, um, exist there, and we don't check it. We don't check it in a timely fashion. And so, so I, I think they rely incredible on some incredibly tried and true uh, um, basic techniques. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, although they they do, I think, do their homework, they also uh, suppose a lot, presuppose a lot as well. Well, the good news is they make mistakes, and the good news yes. for us, and we have another story that shows this tendency too. We in the independent media have been screaming and yelling and jumping up and down. You know, the British are coming, the British are coming, so to speak. Meaning the criminal elite are coming, and we've been doing this now for a long time. You know, you and Steve Quayle have been doing this for more than two decades. Alex Jones has been at it in the same time frame, and I'm kind of a Johnny come lately here. I'm about ten years into this formally. Um, and, and we just, we've gotten some traction, and we've brought a lot of people to our, our knowledge and our point of view so people can judge, you know, how best to protect themselves and their family. But Donald Trump has done more in six months than we could do in six years. And, and I'm talking about very talented people on our side, but he has the listening audience's attention because the media is giving him a platform. And we now have people coming to us, and because of that, the criminal elite are now forced to pay attention to us. For example, I write a mind control lethal technology article in the morning, and by that night before I go to bed, they've already taken steps to try to counter me, scare me, warn me, and so forth. But there's another one that we want to, I think, get into tonight, too. I've been extremely outspoken. In fact, I was on your show about the criminal element running the Republican Party. Now, they tell me this isn't their rules, what they're doing. They're perfectly legal, bullcrap. You can't have a candidate uh, be voted on at the convention if he hasn't won eight states, and you're throwing your rules out after you started the game. That's called cheating. And then some of these people behind behind the fact, well, we're Christians, so it's okay to steal an election. I mean, this is the logic that, that Doug and Joe and I are going to get into here with this. But, Doug, the day after the very morning after I appeared on your show for the last time, and I talked about one Curly Hoagland. And let me say a couple things about what I said. I said he's defending the theft of elections. He thinks that this is okay, and that you people should shut up and sit down. And so what ends up happening is the next morning, I get a lengthy three-page printout email from someone named Darlene Hoagland. Now, let me say this off the top. I leave family members alone. In particular, I leave children and non-participatory women alone. I don't go after people who I feel 
don't really have the wherewithal to defend themselves. I don't like playing bully. I've never talked about Chelsea Clinton, for example. I don't play the game on that level. I put criminals in my sights, and I go after them. And, and, and sometimes I feel like a dog that gets a snake in his mouth. I'm going to keep chewing and biting until I get what I want. And this is what I've tried to do with the Republicans stealing the election from Donald Trump. But Darlene Hoagland wrote to me, and her, through her whole email, she said, and I've written an article about this, and people can go see it on the commonsenseshow.com. Um, she says that uh, she's a Christian, and this is somehow okay, because she's a Christian, and I kept reading that all the way through. And her main excuse, she defends her husband, saying, well, he's not endorsing the stealing of an election. Effectively, her argument was, I'm trying to think of how she exactly put it, he's trying to warn people, this isn't the way it is, the people have never had a choice, it's all a game, it's all for show, and her husband's trying to warn people, bullcrap, if it's really that way, then if you're a Christian, why are you still part of this unholy system? Sorry, Darlene, I'm not buying that. Okay. And when you step into my arena like this, and you're defending the unholy practice of abrogating the will of the people, you've got to take what comes back your way. And I basically accused her husband of hiding behind his wife's skirt on multiple occasions. And my wife was a successful corporate executive, managed a $60 million budget, highly respected, national, actually international reputation, and she gives me advice every single day on what I do. And she's my biggest critic, and she's my best friend. And I would not think one minute to let her represent me in the public arena unless it was her topic that she knew more about than me. Uh, and, and so I called out her husband. I said, you got something to say to me? You come on my show. Curly Hoagland, you come on my show. To these criminals, uh, Prius, you want to run the Republicans the way you are and say the hell with millions of Americans and the fact we're sick of being raped financially, having our civil liberties taken away by the corporations who use the power of government. You people come on my show. Have the guts to stand up to me and defend your unholy practices. And that was effectively the article. And I point it never draw a response. And like I said, I'm not comfortable going after family members. Members. But when you step into a street fight, you know, and, and, and the punches are going, you better expect to get hit. You know, you're not going to come in with impunity and pull this crap and somehow say, I'm hiding behind the word of Christ. In fact, I even told her, I said, you know, I don't think I'd stand before my maker at Judgment Day with the uh, lake of fire looming in the background and try to use these weak excuses you're giving me to justify stealing an election. Now, she shifted her tack. She's saying her husband's not in favor of stealing the election. And I'm sorry, I have to disagree, Doug. You sent me an MSNBC video of him. Defending the practice. We have it on record. Alex Jones has him on his YouTube channel on record. And I saw Sean Hannity say to him, well, what the hell are we voting for? That was Sean Hannity. And he was outraged. This is Fox taking up the middle class perspective. And he was outraged by this. So I'm sorry. When I have three instances where you're defending the practice and it's public, I can't take your wife very seriously. And why is your wife? Why are they calling out the women in the Republican Party to fight the battle? of the men. They need to stand up and fight for themselves. And they need to come on my show or your show or any other great show here on Global Star, and they need to defend how they can justify it. Are these all Alexander Hamiltons that say we're just too damn dumb to to vote intelligently and shut up, sit down, this is what we're going to tell you it's going to be? And then they're doing the same thing in the Democrats. You've got uh, Bernie Sanders has won eight of the last nine primary elections, and Hillary Clinton has walked away with more delegates. How does that happen? Well, okay, just let's step back just a, a, a 
brief moment here. We're talking about, uh, now, you were talking about the uh, RNC individual, Curly Haugland, or, I believe. Uh, now, yeah. who is he? Who is he? He's, he's a, a, Oh, he's held uh, many positions, and I don't have those notes in front of me, but okay. he basically works out of North Dakota, and he's been, I think, if he's state party chairman. He does okay. things on the national level. But it doesn't matter what he does, Doug. The fact is, he went on MSNBC, Sean Hannity, and Alex Jones has him on tape, representing the Republicans defending this practice. Is so the practice legal? The Republicans. He's a spokesperson. Right. Now, is the practice itself that he's defending, is it legal, Dave, or is it is it kind of like legal but not moral, uh, or is it totally illegal um, I'm because they make the rules? I haven't okay. seen their bylaws, but, but um, I, I suspect there's loophole language, and I'm not Probably. sure. But let me tell you, it's clear. Uh, in fact, one interview um, that I played, I think it was from Fox, but one interview I put up uh, on one of my articles with him, uh, she said, you can't have anyone on the ballot who hasn't captured eight states in the primary. And right now, there's only two candidates. And she was hinting at, is this going to be Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney, who filed the run for president on January 30th of this year? And I'm predicting this right now, that we are, if we, if we have the nomination go through, and there's no funny business with false flags and other thing, and we should probably talk about that, because I suspect yes. there's going to be funny business to cover up this stuff. But if this election, or excuse me, the pseudo-election goes through, the pseudo-nomination process, I think we're going to see Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan. They don't want um, mm. um, good old boy Ted Cruz either. Uh, he doesn't quite play ball to the level they like, despite the fact his wife is the ultimate insider and laid down a lot of the early groundwork for NAFTA in her role as a regional director of the Council on Foreign Relations and vice president of Goldman Sachs. Kind of hmm. funny that he's not held in check. I think he's a loose cannon, and and if you believe any of the things about his personal life, you know, impulsivity seems to underlie him, and I think they view him as a loose cannon, which is why I suspect the Republicans won't give him any nomination coming out. So they're basically using Cruz right now to try to take as many delegates away from Trump so he doesn't reach the 1237, but they have no intention of putting him in. Okay, Kasich is a possibility, and I, I actually think he's a decent man. He's got a good track record. He has no scandal. Uh, he's proven to be a good administrator. He's been a governor, which means he has presidential leadership qualities, and he has an 80% popularity rate in his own state. I mean, he's got a lot going for him, but the problem is when he opened his mouth, he couldn't motivate someone to put their shoes in the closet. I'm sorry, but he doesn't inspire me. And he's not talking about critical issues. I don't want a bureaucrat that can manage a government. I need a reformer right now. And that's why I won't go with Kasich. And we're going to see Romney and Ryan unless some funny business happens. Any possibility of seeing Bush? And then, uh, is, uh, I am still stuck on this Bush thing. And Bush I know, Clinton, yeah, yeah Bush Clinton from a contested convention. Maybe I'm yeah, just loony Bush guys. I read today that Bush is not going to Cleveland, and given okay. the Bush family background with Poppy Bush, <laughs> that to me speaks to the possibility of a false flag, and Jeb won't put himself in harm's way. 
Okay. I, I yeah. said on your show, I believe I said this on your show, that it wouldn't surprise me if Hillary Clinton continues to take a beating. And you got you got Bernie who's kicking her butt. I mean, you got a socialist who's kicking her rear end. And you can't have Trump come out because Trump will destroy her in the general campaign. And if you have to stop momentum somewhere, I think you stop it with a major false flag in Cleveland. And I'll just give you a potential scenario, and I'm not hoping for this. Please do not misunderstand that. I don't ever advocate for the loss of life, but I try to think like the criminal thugs who have taken over this country and hijacked our government. And if I felt that I could not stop Trump and uh, I couldn't get Mitt Romney through and the delegates go, hey, they weren't even here, and there's a delegate uprising, well, how do you stop the Republican Party and either leave Obama in power or, or um, you let her win the election because your 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 Republican Party is destroyed. Well, the FBI director said on July fourth of twenty fifteen, we have ISIS terror cells in every state in the country. How hard would it be for them to do a mini nine eleven at the convention? It's a horrifying yeah. thought. Yeah, and, and you've been you've been you've been one to to bring this out many many times, folks. And and well, it's on the record now. So when it happens, first of all, I have no insider knowledge, but I'm trying to think like criminals too. And you need to stop your opposition. They they need uh, either Obama to continue, or they need Hillary to take over. Now I think in baseball language, the reason that Obama was allowed to be the president first in the minds of the Bilderberg was because he's the setup guy. He's the eighth inning setup guy, but Hillary Clinton has the bad stuff. She's the closer. She's the one that won't hesitate to put us into FEMA camps that she calls fun camps. Uh, she has no compunction with her sociopathic background and her mindset to basically brutalize this country. That's why I think she's coming in second. Now, I will tell you this. This is something that's really interesting to me. Uh, it's been leaked, and now it's being reported on, even in the mainstream media, that uh, Janet Yellen and other top financial people have met privately with Barack Obama. Now, that's almost unheard of. I mean, usually they're just perfunctory ceremonies, and they celebrate each other and give each other gifts on taxpayer money. But in this instance... That tells me that with the banks being in the crisis that they are, remember the banks harassed me for taking out $1,500. Yes. So the banks being in crisis like they are, I think, what I think is going on there is Janet Yellen is lining up Obama and saying, we need you to organize the military or whatever U.N. forces under U.N. flag with foreign troops you have on our soil. Now, if that's the case, and the fact they're consulting with Obama to be their partner to suppress the political reaction to the theft of our bank accounts and our retirement accounts, that tells me either it's going to happen between uh, the Democratic Convention, the Republican Convention, and the general election, and there ain't going to be no election, and Obama's going to stay in office, or they're going to do it in such a way that the Republicans are destroyed through false flag, and Hillary Clinton just waltzes in because she has no meaningful opposition. These people are panicked. I, I, I can't stress this enough. People are saying, well, these guys are reckless, Dave. You're describing behaviors that aren't even rational. I agree. But we're waking up, and they weren't counting on the Trump factor. They weren't counting on the fact that when Dave Hodges, Doug Hagman, and Joe Hagman talk about RNC nonsense, that uh, the wife of someone who's been dallying around in the media defending the Republicans' criminal behavior, uh, 
they were counting on the fact that we're forcing them out of the closet and they had to respond to us the next day. Uh, well, they were counting yeah. on the fact that when I run something on mind control, that they had to try to set me up on the same 24-hour period, actually 12-hour period. We have reach now in the independent media we have never enjoyed before. Now, with that comes some risk. You know, I'm certainly well aware of that. And, uh, you know, I go back to my spiritual roots, and I probably have dozens, or maybe three, four dozen of people that write to me every couple of days, say how they're praying for me, and believe me, keep the prayers coming. I need them. Because this is dangerous territory that the three of us have entered into because we're in the way of the agenda, and the agenda has been exposed by Donald Trump. And this is why we do this, Dave, and I want to thank you. And I want to thank every listener out there who has prayed for Dave Hodges and us and all of the other truth-tellers out there. It's so important because this is not without risk, as Dave just outlined. We don't want to overstate the situation, but we want to bring attention to it. And by overstating it, I mean, look... This is a situation normal at this point, and when I say that, I'm talking about it is now a new game. It's a new normal that we're seeing, and the new normal is to attempt to take out or take down those people who are exposing the um, this Luciferian uh, uh, agenda. And, and it, so, okay, a lot of people want to know your feeling on Don, Donald Trump, and I think you said it best by saying uh, you you like. I, I, I'm going to. I'll let you say it. It's it's not 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 as much about Donald Trump as it is about what he's um, bringing forward and exposing. I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, you know, we're listening to these um, um, unprecedented attacks upon the character of a presidential candidate. Never seen this before. Uh, not at this level. Where it's so blatantly obvious that the moderators and everyone in the media and the corporations and foreign leaders and banking leaders and everybody hates Donald Trump and they're vilifying him. And it sounds like a pretty guy, good guy for a president. And they're focusing on his, um, shall we say, past indiscretions or questionable judgments. And even when he hasn't done anything questionable, they make it look that way. Trump University, which I think he's explained well. I'm satisfied. I'm not bothered by it. Um, his three marriages. Okay, well, then why aren't we talking about Trump's in the D.C. Not Trump, but if we're not talking about Cruz and the D.C. Madam and so forth and so on. I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, and there are some things that have come out about Trump. He said some things that I could not agree with, disagree with more. The abortion thing, and no, I do not support abortion. But I'll say this, that if you indicate at all, and I know he was worn down, but when you're running for president, you've got to be careful. And he said that women should be punished. That's a traumatic experience for a woman. Walk a mile in her shoes. And, the, and in our Christian religion, we're supposed to offer love and comfort and a chance for restoration to God and his ways. We're not supposed to judge and put a scarlet letter on them. And that was a bad thing he did. There's no question about that. Sure. However, however, the movement is bigger than any faux pas that he delivers. It's not Trump the man that I support. And God bless him because, you know, for the grace of God, I'm not having my life turned upside down and in many unfair ways. But Trump has brought people to the party, and he's done it in, in, in really two areas. And I'd like to take a minute just to talk about this again, because I'm sure. sure that with the millions that are coming to the movement, we've got new listeners to the Hagman and Hagman Report all the time. And the number one issue for Dave Hodges in this election um, is the free trade agreements. And there's a looming bigger issue, but the free trade agreements we can do something about. 
And I'll take Detroit as an example, and I want you to realize that Detroit is the symbolic representation of where America is headed. In the 1960s, Detroit was a fair and virtuous city. They had culture, they had arts, they had two million people, they had the highest per capita income in North America. The auto industry was booming, life was good, and Detroit was the symbol of American manufacturing prowess. Today, Detroit's population is under 700,000. They're tearing down several neighborhoods. The police and fire departments have to offer limited services. The crime rate is horrendous. The murder rate is horrendous. The schools aren't even worth sending your kids to. And they have five minutes of class and 55 minutes of nonsense. And I coached a kid in college out of the Detroit schools. I know all too well what goes on there. And in Detroit, it's just become one hellhole as Donald Trump would describe it. And now we've got Cleveland and St. Louis and Baltimore teetering on the edge. This is going to be a national phenomena. And this is what free trade agreements do. So here's the 101 on free trade agreements. Uh, the owners of, say, Ford Motor Company say, you know, if we take our company down to Guadalajara, we don't have to pay our workers uh, um, unemployment. We don't have to pay their Social Security. Uh, we don't have to pay them $20 an hour plus benefits. We can pay them 4 or $5 an hour with none of the other stuff. Now all we got to do is take our money bags to Congress and engage in legalized bribery. And by the way, as long as we have campaign contributions in this country, we're going to have a corrupt government. And that's probably another thing we can talk about down the road. And so what they did with Congress and these free trade agreements, of which you know Ted Cruz's wife was part of, they basically got Congress to do away with all tariffs. So they undercut American manufacturers by letting people move out of the country and then bring their products back in duty-free uh, with cheap labor. And that bankrupts the existing corporations that stay here behind, and they're forced to play the same game, so they got to close up shop to save on labor costs so they can sell their products at a competitive price. And then you have a ripple-through effect where we have an estimated 12% of our manufacturing left from what we had in 1968, and this has destroyed the economic base of this country. This is why today, compared to 1980, Americans are working for 20% less adjusted for inflation, and they're working 23% longer, and oftentimes in multiple jobs. And folks, it's only going to get worse. Here comes Donald Trump exposing this to the American person in a way that we've never had explained in the mainstream media, and they understand if we tax these people, say, at a 35% rate, which is the Trump proposal, he can force these manufacturers to come back to America and re-employ Americans. And then the other part of that is the illegal immigration is bringing 30 million people, please. I saw a chart today in the Pew Hispanic Center research, and they were saying 11.6 million. That's what they were saying in 1986, and you're saying we haven't had an increase during that time? It's 30 million plus. That's how many are here from Central and South America. And and what we're seeing now is these people come in, and listen, the vast majority of them, they're children of God. I don't disparage them. I wish them the very best in their life, but we we, if we and we need immigration and let me take a sidestep here and say our birth rate in America is 1.8. No country that's ever slipped below 1.8 has ever survived as an empire. And we need 2.1 to maintain ourselves. We need immigration, but we don't need good people wanting to come here. And most of the people that come here just want to fit in, get a job, improve their lives, get away from the drug cartels. I understand all that. I don't disparage these people. They're human beings. Many of them are Catholic, which means they're Christian, and I do not hold any ill will 
except for the criminals and the drug dealers and so forth. But what they do is they suppress our wages, they take jobs Americans would take, and even if you got a tax, uh, you know, a 35% tax on imports from American industries relocated overseas, you'd still have to contend with a, uh, contend with a cheap labor aspect of illegal immigration. And so when Donald Trump talks about building a wall, he's talking about these two issues go hand in hand. You, know, you can't export all the jobs out of the country, so you bring cheap workers to your country, courtesy, of course, the corporations. Now, when, when my dad's family came here, they went through Ellis Island, and they were processed seven-year naturalization period, and they had to prove they could speak English to become a citizen, but they could work the whole time on their green card, and they took language uh, lessons in English, and they had to pass a test on U.S. history and American government. They were ready to be American citizens. That's what I want for these people who are here. I don't ha mind having people come here under control, with not willy-nilly terrorists walk across the border with them, but I don't mind them coming here as long as we can account for who they are, where they're from, do they have a terrorist background, but no, Obama, on behalf of the corporations, is just dumping millions of people, now we're throwing in Muslims, and you've got 10,000 of them going to Louisiana, and the FBI says 10% of them are radicalized, so we just put 1,000 terrorists in, in Louisiana, and let me remind you, seven people, seven terrorists from ISIS shut down Paris, and three shut down <laughs> Brussels. And well we're not said. vetting these people at all. This is national suicide. This is why Obama should be tried as a traitor. So this is Trump bringing all this out together. And now the American people are starting to be able to have meaningful dialogues. They don't know about the Trilateral Commission. They don't know, you know, about the Bilderberg. And they don't really know about the Rothschild banking system and all this. But what they see is they're being financially raped by the policy of this government that has become a corporatocracy. And this is what Trump has exposed. And this is why the Republicans would rather destroy their own party and keep the status quo where their little boys can stay in office with their campaign bribes. And the Democrats are willing to destroy their own party so they can keep this going. And, Doug, my view is let's help them destroy their own party. Let's help them destroy. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I mean, what else? What are the options? I mean, what are the other options? Well, I'm going to give you a real simplistic first-grade solution, but it would get the attention. Those voting machines and voter fraud aren't geared towards overturning the majority of the vote. They can do 4, 5, even 10% in some cases, but those devolts are not foolproof. Right. And what we could do as a country... And this sends shivers through people who are making money off this. When we go to the polls in November, assuming there's an election, we vote out every incumbent. Now, listen, I understand some of you are going to say, my guy's not that bad, the rest of them suck. They all suck because they play on the same team. They're your enemy. They're wearing enemy uniforms. It's the colors of Wall Street and international banking. So they are your enemy by the fact of who they play for. We need to vote out every incumbent at every level of government. Dog catcher, city councilman, governor, legislator, doesn't matter what it is. County commissioner, senator, congressman, and president. And, and you're going to have to vote for some R's and D's, and you're not going to have a pure political revolution because we don't have libertarians and other independent third parties running in every election. But can you imagine if we turned out a, a third of the Senate and 100% of the House, 
that would be a declaration of the American people against the globalists who are raping this country. That would be my first step. Especially and I, on a local I, level. It would get the, yeah. Then from there, we would gauge their reaction. I'll tell you what, I think it's also a prescription to go right to martial law. Because uh, they're not going to allow us to defy them <laughs> without killing millions of us in the process. And I'll say this, I don't think we're getting out of this without a revolution. I don't think we're yeah, getting I was out of this without a civil war, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope to God I'm wrong, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I'm very concerned about the, the res, not the response, but the reaction. But, but, but the one aspect of this I, I cannot wrap my, I, I cannot really understand. We can see, we saw what happened in 1968 in, in, um, Chicago with that convention. But that was the progressive Marxist who, who really, um, made the riot, or were behind the riots. And it was, they were well funded. I, I don't want to make it too simplistic. But, but you know, it seems like the conservatives and even the Christians, um, uh, on the Republican side, they can be pushed around and stepped on and, and I can't see them causing a riot. I mean, or or revolting, or or responding with anything other than, well, you know, it's going to be different next time. I, Dave, I, I do I mean, have an answer. For that. Okay, go ahead, please. Been getting a high number, high volume of people saying, "Why are you writing about fear porn? Stop writing about fear porn. Stop trying to scare people." In fact, one person wrote to me and said that, and then she turned around and said, "You need to listen to the uh, visionary proclamations, visions from God that talk about civil war and persecution of Christians and blah blah." And I wrote back to her. I said, uh, "Do you not apply the same principles of fear, of fear porn to to your ecclesiastic prophecy?" And it's just, this is what I'm seeing. So I wrote an article this afternoon. Not everyone is equipped to come to this fight psychologically. You know, whether they suffer from learned helplessness or they cognitive dissonance, groupthink, I mean, all these things I've explained, and you've put these search terms in my website, you'll get psychological explanations for them. There are some people that should not be in this fight. And I wrote an article for people today, and basically I said, you know, for some of you, you need to prepare now to survive individually, okay, and forget about the election. And that's pretty close to the name of the title. And some people don't belong in the arena. Some people don't want, don't need to have a sword in their hand. They don't need to go to the battlefield and do that work. You know, that's in part what the independent media does and a lot of people who begin to follow us. But there are some people who, who won't survive in combat. They don't have the psychological and emotional wherewithal. And that's okay. I don't disparage you. But step the heck out of the way and let us try to save what's left of humanity. So I wrote that article and said, this may not be for you, but you better take some steps. Food, water, gold, guns, Bible so forth. You better take some steps because the dark days are coming. David, do you feel inclined to to flee? You know, you've written about, and and long before others have, about the so-called elite, you know, uh, building underground bunkers and panic rooms, but many are fleeing. Do do you feel the the unction, shall we say, to, to flee America? I do. And I'm torn. Mm. The I'd say it's a 60-40 stay for my wife. It's a 90-10 stay. In um, favor of staying, you mean? Uh, and I'm not going to abandon my family. And yeah. it, it's just, you know, the discussions we've had. I've even tried to backdoor her into some things and told her honestly up front what I was doing. So, you know, I'm not practicing deception on my wife. But sure. um, I was a college basketball coach, had a reputation for being a good shooting coach. And I 
threw some feelers out to Costa Rica, New Zealand, and Norway because you could get American college coach to come in and work with your like your junior national team or or even a higher level team. And um, and you know I was involved with Shot Doctor and some of the more elite organizations in this country for many years. And I thought that would get their attention, and it did. But unfortunately, the New Zealand people gave me the most promise. And, you know, I actually heard from the guy who was running their junior program, and we exchanged some emails, and it was very promising. And he made some phone calls to references I'd given him, and he goes, this is very, very good. He goes, why do you want to come here? And I said, I'm adventurous. And I said, and I think it would do my son good to see a different culture and so forth and so on. Um, I didn't know at the time how engrossed into Agenda 21 New Zealand had become. I know all too well now. So my wife and I are actually having a discussion. She goes, I would really consider this. She said, I'll just have my brother come live here in the house and we'll just take off and enjoy our two years and three years. And I thought, well, I gotta pick the right two or three years when all you know what breaks loose. <laughs> uh, but then they came back to me and they said, are you Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show? Oh, wow. And once they made that discovery, they wanted nothing to do with me. And I had a similar thing happen um, in uh, Norway, and I won't go into all the detail. And, and in Costa Rica, they didn't really care, but the guy who ran their professional league told me, he said, we're really a laid-back country. We're almost apolitical, Dave. If you come here, you'd be frowned upon for what you do. And he goes, and I don't think what you're doing is wrong. And this guy was an American originally and played college basketball here. But he said, you're not going to find a willing audience. I said, I got Skype and satellite. And he said, yeah, but you're going to be frowned upon if they link this to you. So that kind of fell by the wayside. That, that was really my ticket out. And also, too, if, if you leave today, and I've written about this too, Doug, people need to check into the, what they call the capital flight laws now. Um, effectively, when you leave, uh, if you want to move to Mexico, the government's trying to steal 30% of your money. Have you heard of that before? Uh, no. Capital flight laws... Yeah, that's my term for it. If you want to leave with you, you can leave. We don't have an iron curtain at the border yet. If Hillary Clinton's elected, I think we'll see it. But uh, you can leave. But there's an iron curtain against your money leaving 100% intact. In fact, uh, and I'll mention his name because uh, I've talked to him, interviewed him once. His name is Jonathan Underwood, and he's a voiceover talent from Phoenix, and he moved to an American expat community in Mexico, and the names jumped out of my head. They could do his work from there, less taxes, less of the bull crap going on here, and he came to... Uh, Hold that thought, buddy. We'll, we'll we that's a thought. At the break, when we come back, we'll finish your thought on the, the inability to move, and I agree, Dave. I don't think it matters where you go. Everyone's going to be touched. Yeah, this is an international uh, at its scale. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report with Dave Hodges from the Common Sense Show, our guest for this and our next hour. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. 
exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. back to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reporter, a very special guest, Mr. Dave Hodges, a, uh, a guy that I would not mind being in a fox in, in a trench with, uh, fighting side by side. Uh, he's He's got, uh, to, to me, he's a man of integrity. He's shown his integrity. He's shown his knowledge, the depth of his knowledge, and the uh, reach of not only his program, but when he comes on ours, collectively, together, we're working to expose the machinations and the various deeds of the of the global power elite. And I just want to give him a big thank you on air for taking part in this. And I know with this exposure, folks, and, and you can minimize it, and I don't want to overstate it, but you can minimize it and you can say, well, if it was that, you know, if, it, if this information was that uh, critical, well, they wouldn't let you, uh, uh, they wouldn't let you talk about it. Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is, it, it's, it's not, it's not that cut and dry. You have to look at this, it's like chess at three levels. And, and that's, I've always used that, uh, that explanation. And sometimes they cannot stop you or they can't stop you before it's too late. So keep Dave Hodges in your prayers. If you like his work, and I think everyone likes his work, definitely support him. Support Dave Hodges. Go to the Common Sense Show and make sure that you exp- express your gratitude and support him. Before we get back to Dave Hodges, you know, we talk about all of this this really critical stuff going on in the media folks let me ask you if you do you feel overwhelmed and overstressed by these headlines that these topics we talk about well there's an answer most people do there's an answer we've got an answer for you go to wholetoneslive.com that's wholetoneslive.com folks there you can take a look and and I would urge everyone to go to wholetoneslive.com with that's with a w w h o l e toneslive.com and take a look at the various research done by Michael Terrell. He's the founder and, and creator of com, and he has created a number of uh, just beautiful recordings, music of King David, or inspired by the, the keys of King David. Now, this is biblical. This is not New Age. This is biblically sound, Bible-based frequency, and we know that frequencies can affect your moods. It can the frequencies can uh, 
uh, assist in your healing. It could calm the savage beast in you. Or it could energize you, make you more creative. And we've gotten a lot of emails from people who have, who have, or who are clients of Whole Tones, customers who have purchased their DVD packages. And we play them here at the office. Depending on if we're stressed, we play a certain uh, DVD that the, well, we, we play the, uh, uh, transformation one. Or if we need creativity, there's another. At night, my wife has playing in the background the um, the disc that uh, uh, really is good for sleep. And and I can tell you this, between the Casper mattress and the Whole Tones music, both my wife and our dog, Studio Dog Lady, four paws up, both on the mattress and in celebration of the music. WholeTonesLive.com. What a great product it is. Try it out. WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTones with a W. W H O L E TonesLive.com. And once again, folks, we're so blessed to have with us Dave Hodges, the Common Sense Show.com. Please bookmark his website. Tomorrow he's got a just a tremendous article coming out. We're going to be talking about that momentarily. Dave, when we, uh, the, the, um, when we were right before the break, you were talking about leaving the country, leaving the country. And, and personally, I'm just going to admit this to everyone. I don't believe there's any place that we can run, we can hide, we can uh, take refuge anywhere else. Uh, and personally, I'm committed to stay here in America uh, and fight on the front lines until I'm out of breath. And that's what I believe God has instructed me to do. Um, that's my personal personal preference and position. Because again, I, you know, I look. I don't know anything about the mountains of Peru or wherever one might tend to go, but um, that's just me. So go ahead and finish that thought that you were talking about before the break. I was mentioning uh, Jonathan Underwood and, and a great voiceover talent here, and he gave a talk at Freedom's Phoenix, run by Ernie Hancock, a great activist group here in Phoenix. And people can visit the website of freedomsphoenix.com. I love Ernie. He brings in the best people for these once-a-month meetings, and occasionally he lets me talk. But uh, Jonathan told about why he was leaving and his journey and how he was doing it. And he managed to get most of his money out, but there's a trick to it. And it's actually led to a cottage industry now where if you can find the right people, you can probably get about 90% of your money out. But the feds are really coming after people. You've almost got to set the bank account up ahead of time, and you're better off taking it to one bank in a country you can trust and have and then transfer it to the country that you're going to move to. Because if you go directly from here to that country, they're going to be watching you like a hawk. And if you've got airline tickets there, you know, they're, they're going to try to get what they're going to get. You know, They don't want you to leave with your money because they think it's their money. So mm-hmm. that's something that um, I probably should revisit this and talk about this. Now, I do think it makes sense for some people to leave. From a business standpoint, if you're upper middle class and you don't have a tax haven, you know, like uh, so many of the globalists do, and you're paying the highest corporate tax in the world, it, it could make economic sense for you to go. You just got to do it the right way. It's like taking your money out of the bank. You go try to take all your money out of the bank, you're going to go to jail. There's an art form to doing it, and I've written a lot of articles on that that you can find at the Common Sense Show. Doug, I'd like to mention something, too, and and, and it, it's kind of like along the lines of raising awareness. Um, I, I have been looking at uh, scene.life, uh, which is uh, the uh, Patriots version of Facebook, and I've been looking. I know the uh, uh, owners of this and how they've set this up, and I've agreed to become their national spokesperson now. And, and here's why I support this. 
personally, I don't think I, I need to have uh, necessary social media form of community. You know, I'm kind of out there on the front lines, and, you know, I like to think I have a fair idea of what's going on. But there are millions of people who are new to the movement, and there's many ways into the house of understanding the new world order. And people come to us at various levels of understanding, and we need social media, particularly for the young people, for the people under 40. We need to have a social media platform, and this is what Scene.Life promotes. And it's people coming in, and they can read what I write. I write all my articles and post them on the Common Sense Show at Scene.Life. And we have lots of really good writers there, like Lisa Haven does the best videos out there. And people can come in, I think, with kind of grassroots knowledge, not real sophisticated yet, kind of like I was 10 years ago, and really become educated. And it's free. They don't sell your stuff, unlike Facebook. They don't have assassinate Donald Trump pages like Facebook. They won't <laughs> ban you for writing about Hillary Clinton. But I can tell you that people that visit my site on Scene.Life at the Common Sense Show, um, they are very sophisticated in some cases, and in other cases, they're new to the movement, but they're sick of what's going on. And it gives me an opportunity to say, well, here's been my experience. And I've already seen productive inroads made. So that's why I wanted to talk about that for a second. Sure. Uh, I think it's critical we have social media that we control. And, oh, by the way, did you see Zuckerberg came out today and attacked Trump again? Yes. Yeah, it just, you know, you need to cancel your subscription to Facebook. And let me tell you what Steve Quayle said on uh, one of my interviews I did with him. Uh, it was probably a couple of years ago. And, and Steve said, you are crazy if you're on something like Facebook because you bring in North Koreans or Chinese occupation troops and there is a woman shortage in both countries. Where are they going to find women? <laughs> And that's what Steve was talking yeah, about once yeah. on the show. And, you know, I never had considered that until Steve said it, but right on the money, Steve. And and I mean, you need to get out of Facebook, and you need to get into something else. It's just, yeah, you know, you know I, I've never seen, Dave, I, I, you know, we're, we're not too far off in age, you and, you and I, but I've never seen any generation or, or any, what's this need to tell everyone everything about you and who reads that um i mean i don't care look i don't care what my neighbor had for lunch i don't care what my neighbors i mean sorry i i just don't have the time for that but so but 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 these people today people today are so mind mindlessly put everything that they do on facebook or on some social media platform i just you know I, what i think it is though doug um, we are conditioned as a population that you're not talented, you're scum, and God endowed us with great talents. And I think that the, uh, the mission of life, the goal of life is to find out what you're good at, and then your objective should be to give that gift back to the world. Because God gave us all wonderful talents, different from one another. And what the media does, it so castrates us mentally, and it, it takes away your belief in yourself and your own volition to make a difference in the world. And if you just look at the scriptures, you know, faith can move mountains and so forth. And that's sure. all taken away from us. This is why Christians are being marginalized. They don't want us to know that these powers, you know, under the great creator exist. And I think that um, we have people who have low self-esteem, 
uh, like Charles Dickens said, uh, I think it was Dickens, he said that most men, uh, was Thoreau, said most men live, lead lives of quiet desperation, and meaning you don't accomplish anything in life because you've never been taught to believe in yourself. You've been taught that the elite are the elite, they're smarter than you, they're better looking than you, they'll always be richer than you, and they're lucky to let you live and have a job. And, and we're so marginalized psychologically that I think that the social media gives people to say, hey, here I am, notice me, I count for something. And, and I think that's the real attraction. I'm trying to turn that aspect into, hey, notice what's going on, folks, okay? Our humanity is at stake right now, and we need to band together. Right. That's a good point. I mean, people are looking for this approval from other people, and and I think that's a, a, a collateral effect of lacking the spirituality, uh, the necessary spirituality that that uh, we do lack, and and it's it's a, a taking a step back. It's part of the, or it's a consequence of the prosperity movement, where you've got the uh, mega churches preaching the, the prosperity gospel as opposed to the true word of God. So, I mean, right. it's a spiritual problem at its root. And that's where this fear stuff comes in for people. You know, the it's very easily spelled out in the Bible that all who believe in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution and and hard times and go through tribulation. And when people are told about this tribulation, they equate it to, to fear porn. And the tribulation could be the news of, of something that's happened or something that is uh, in the works. And uh, it is a spiritual issue at its root, and it's yeah. a personal yeah. spiritual issue. Yeah, I'll give issue. you fear porn, Joe. If Christ hadn't risen three days after the crucifixion, that's fear porn. Yep. <laughs> that's scary to me. Humanity would have been lost forever. And the wages of, of sin is death. That would have been carried out for each and every one of us. So if people want to throw allegations at us about fear porn, just look into the Bible. The Bible's telling you this is, can be a very scary world. This is why people who you know listen to me don't think I carry out my life like this, okay? I mean, I take my family out to eat. We go to the movies. We engage in activities. My son's involved in a million things that I support. Um, I leave this stuff aside. Uh, it, but but it, when I fight the battle, I'm fighting the battle to win. I'm, I'm not in this just to make noise and draw attention to myself. But there are times when you need to walk away from it. But people need to realize that we're in a scary battle right now. The people who are coming against us are the Satanist cabal. They worship Lucifer. They hate Christians. They want all of us dead. And that's scary stuff, and this is in the Bible. This isn't anything that Doug and Joe and Dave are making up. It's what our Holy Bible tells us is out there. Mm-hmm. And, and and the Bible calls on us, and I think myself as a man, to be a man. Stand up for what you know is right. Fight for God. Be a Christian soldier. And I try to listen to what God wants me to do, and I know I'm right where I need to be. I'm doing what he wants me to do right now. But, guys, you know, if this is too fearful for you, I understand that. I don't judge you. I do not judge you at all. I understand how scary this is. And that's why sometimes the fighting needs to be left to the people who are willing to suffer the consequences. And if that's not who you are, God's not going to judge you. But please get yourself ready spiritually. Get yourself ready physically because bad days are coming. So let us do the fight if that's your mindset. But please prepare for your family. Amen to that. And if I can ask one related question to this, because we get this a lot. Um, are, are your family members, Dave, I mean, uh, what is it, uh, like a, a salesman, 
in their own town, in their own family. If you, if, if you, let's let's say you've got an insurance license to sell uh, life insurance or whatever, as an example, generally speaking, or or your stockbroker, uh, your family may not. They may not go to you for uh, stock advice or insurance advice because they know who you are. So let me ask you this. Are are people in your family, are they gravitating toward you now more today than they they have in the past? Or do you still see this Yeah, but it's still a case of two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because it's scary. Listen, that's why I see the fear, and I understand the fear. And my son is around enough to know, and he, he sees this on his own. I mean, he sees the stuff being talked about in the campaign, and he's a bright kid. And I've explained to him honestly about free trade agreements and and how illegal illegal immigration and these poor people are being used to take down America. They don't want to be used that way, but they're being used. And I've had to explain that to him. But I also tell him, this is for us to fight. You just need to do your job, go to school, get good grades, you know, become a good person. You know, let us do what we need to do. Uh, And I don't think the battlefield really needs to call children to it. Um, With spouses, it's a tough thing. I mean, when I, when I really started to get involved in this, when uh, McCain and his globalist friends were trying to steal my property 13 years ago, and I started connecting it to all these other things that were really bad, um, my wife, part of, part of her said, oh my God, my husband lost his mind. He's overreacting. He's just so upset with everything that's going on and how we can lose our home. Um, she's come to the party, but she's not comfortable at the party. And, and I appreciate that with her. Um, but she sees it. You know, she used to say to me, and this goes back here, she said, it's kind of doom and gloom, don't you think? And I said, yeah, I, you're right. Let's sit down and watch a half hour of news together. And I said, the difference between people like, you know, Doug, Joe, myself, Steve, John B. Wells, Ted Brewer, is that we're going to give you the truth as we see it. And you could put the moniker on it of doom and gloom, but we honestly try to give you solutions, too. We try to prepare people. It's not just disseminating negative information. We generally end up trying to come together and saying, here's how we think you should deal with this, or have you thought about this? Not telling people what to do, but trying to give people options on what to do. And I asked my wife, I said, where do you see this in the news? This guy kills this guy, and this guy's corrupt about this, and there's cheating and soccer and FIFA. And it kind of gives you the time frame we had this discussion. And, and and she said, "You're right." And I said, "And I said we have a message of hope through Jesus Christ that is a lot louder than what you're getting on TV here. These people are looking at the world as one big cesspool. If you did nothing but watch news, in fact, actually, there's a guy out there, and uh, he's written all these self-help stuff. And he told people when he used to get clients, he'd tell them to stop watching the news for three months." And because oh. it would depress them and would depress their immune system, and people couldn't feel empowered to do what they need to do. And this is why they do the news the way they do. We're out of control. We're not self-empowered. We have an external locus of control, not an internal locus of control. And just shut up, sit down. The elite will take care of you. The Republicans will choose candidate on one side, and the Democrats will choose the candidates on the other. And you need not worry about that. <laughs> Okay. Very interesting. Uh, the mindset we're talking now about people and about uh, really the, you call it a tipping point as well. And, and I'll just kind of nudge into that. Uh, you know, more people are waking up. More people are seeing what's going on. And I think more people are now looking at the current events through biblical prophecy as well, which I just want to make sure people know that 
in to, to, we, we're looking at this in the larger you know view from space and through biblical prophecy and it's not that we can stop prophetic events we don't want to do that but certainly we can mitigate our own personal exposure to God gives us latitude he gives us free will and and by by logic if he gives us free will he gives us the ability to impact some of what's going on now i know some people are going to like what i say but i don't think the end times have to necessarily be now do i think it's going to happen that way i I think that's probably a real good chance but if we collectively discovered our christian roots as a nation i believe god would once again honor us and we would stop being a nation under judgment because god honors good decisions in in his name and we might be able to push this back to a far later time. And I think that's the, the beauty that God gives us with free will, that our actions can make a difference. Now, ultimately, is John going to be right about revelations? No question. Right. Do I think it's going to happen in the near future? I think there's probably a better than even chance it's going to happen. But Dave Hodges says, I've been put on this battlefield to make a difference. And I only know how to fight a battle one way. I'm sorry, I grew up an athlete, and then I was a coach. And I only understand that my action should culminate in winning if I'm going to engage the enemy. And these people are your enemy. Right. I'm not engaging the enemy just to expose them. I'm, aging, I'm, I'm, engaged, I'm engaged in this because I want to defeat them. I want to expose their Satanism, their criminality, so people aren't drawn to them. Well, we, we, it's our duty, uh, I believe, as Christians, to expose their works of darkness. And if we're not doing that, at least in my case, because everyone's instructions, I believe, are, are different. I, I don't read your emails from God, so to speak. And, and, and forgive me, I, I mean no. Uh, I, I, I'm not trying to be funny about this. I mean, you've got a mission. I've got a mission. We work together in that, and uh, sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. But the fact is, man, we we have to expose this. It's our job, not only as Christians, but in the journalists as well, or investigators, or whatever your position might be. Now, uh, I don't know if this is a good time to get into this or not, but. <clears throat> Yesterday, during our program, I was talking about uh, uh, having contact again with a with a former source uh, from the DHS. If you didn't catch yesterday's program, you can you can do that, folks. But you kind of at the same time, I think. Uh, and I don't want to speak out of school. I'll let you talk about this. But it seems no, like no, you're our, speaking right on target. Okay, it is amazing how the synchronicity of our mission sometimes, you know, combine and come together. Um, you know, just to go back, and I wrote about this today in this morning's article. Um, I used to be a Maricopa County first uh, responder back in the 90s, and um, they came to the campus I was working at and said, if you volunteer, your family will get the uh, the uh, drugs for the chemical, the biological first, blah, blah, blah. I thought, well, that's a pretty good reason. And I also wanted to be part of the solution. <laughs> and then FEMA came in and took it over in the transition period. I got to know one individual extremely well, and I got to know the family extremely well. And to cycle forward to, uh, and this was back in the 90s, but cycle forward to October of 2012, um, and this was the last year I was coaching college basketball, and uh, they went and waited for me by uh, my office door on campus, and I come walking off the floor into our uh, um, offices area, and there they were, and I was wow, this is interesting, what do I owe this to? So we went in the office, and this was about 7 o'clock at night, and I probably should have gone out and done some recruiting that night, but instead, we were there until 2 a.m., and they were telling me about how they were bugging out, 
and uh, I knew something was going on because I, I knew some of the kids, and I'm going to be careful about expressing that, but one of the kids told me, Dad's been speaking to people from FEMA and DHS he hasn't seen in years. He told me he had early retired. I knew he was thinking about it. And he said, we've been preparing a community for years with like-minded people because of what's coming. And what's coming is total martial law subjugation. And his, his deal was uh, chemical, anti-chemical and biological attacks, uh, well, as well as other things. And he said, we're going to see the full meal deal. They will do whatever they have to do to subjugate us. And he kind of laid out a schematic order of things. If this doesn't work, then they'll go to B, they'll go to C. And he, this is what, why we were there until the middle of the night. And he said, I'll be gone in two months. And he said, I don't know if I'll be communicating with you. Uh, I heard from him once about three years ago, and I talked to the family recently. And he called me, and um, he said to me, are you ready? Do you feel you're ready? And I said, I think I'm reasonably ready. I said, but, you know, you never know until it hits. You know how fluid the battlefield is. But I said, I'm in a pretty good area. My neighbors are aware. A lot of them listen to the show. They're well-armed. They're well-stocked with food and water and so forth. So I said, and there's only one way in and one way out in my remote community. So I said, I, th I think we're okay, but, you know, you can't control all the variables. And he just said, you don't have long, Dave. He said, I know I told you back in 2012 it could be two to three years, and we're beyond that. But he said, the signs are unmistakable. And he says, I'm kind of circling back to people that have been important to me and telling them, if you've let preparation go by the wayside, it's time to restart, and you need to restart it with a frenzy. In other words, you know, you don't have a lot of time. He said, with these meetings going on, he said, we really don't know how immediate their plans are going to be put into action, but he said they could be pretty darn quick. And uh, there are people wow. where they have these underground structures where they live, with their portable air filtration, water filtration, they're armed to the teeth. Um, he said, we're, we're ready. He said, we're ready as we're going to be. And he also told me, too, that he would never, you know, live in society. And I said, why? He said, because we know where the bodies are hidden. He said, if the other side loses, they need us dead so we can't testify against them. So that was his motivation for leaving. I don't know if you ever heard that from your source, but he's come out at the same time as Rosebud did for you. And, and it was a very generic warning. Dave, just get ready. And I asked him, what form is it going to take? And he said, you know the answer to that question. They have plans, top of plans, top of plans, on top of scenarios. And depending how events unfold, they're going to follow a different schema. And, and that makes perfect sense to me. So for me to say they're going to do A and then B, but if you do C, you'll be okay, I just think a general sense of preparation is how people should approach this. You know, we agree wholeheartedly on this, and I don't think, folks, I don't think of a, uh, that there's a subject right now that's, uh, number one, perhaps more more relevant than this that we're talking about, and number two, I, that we're, we're giving you the, uh, I, I mean, the, to me, one of the best investigative reporters, journalists right now in the new media, in the primary media that is our media is Dave Hodges. And I'm not, I'm not, there's no false flattery here. There's just, that's just a fact. Because uh, I've followed your work. I've compared your sources to mine. We're getting a lot of the same information. So what the takeaway for the listeners tonight 
and I am I'm getting this stirring in my spirit. I've had a stirring in my spirit, especially over the last week or so. Let's prepare. Let's get going here because the time is short. I do see things popping up, and this has been this has been intimated by by my source. Um, uh, you know, with uh, the arm's length now from the uh, DHS uh, brass, but. Yeah, there's something something changed recently. There's been this uh, acceleration. Uh, do, do you think it's because maybe that Obama knows he's running out of time, or that the powers behind Obama knows that, that Obama's running out of time? And do you think that? Um, I mean, what's your gut telling you? And by the way, it, uh, we do know. I just want to make make, make this clear. No one, neither one of us, Dave Hodges, not, does not have a crystal ball, nor do we. However, we have a lot of good reasoning abilities and a lot of good research uh, experience as well as good sources. But, uh, okay, so now that I went all over the place, Dave, I'm going to kick it back to you. And uh, I guess, I guess, are we looking at something that's, gonna, you know, potentially like on the event horizon, like right there? Yeah, I think I think depending on what happens with Trump and that movement. I remember in 2011, Brzezinski said the people are waking up, and Hillary Clinton said we're losing the info war, and Brzezinski made that famous quote, it used to be easier to control a million people rather than kill them, and he reversed himself on that. Um, I think that that genesis of thinking started, you know, five years ago, and now we're, we're seeing their desperation come to the forefront. I think they miscalculated Trump. I really do. I think that they thought Trump would be a distraction away from Hillary Clinton's abject criminality, and she would somehow slip through, and they would get her in to the Oval Office, but they underestimated Donald Trump. And and now they're trying to feverishly stop the enemy at the gate, so to speak, because our awareness is the enemy of the gate. You know, Karl Marx writes this, and no, I'm not a communist, but he's absolutely right. Before every revolution, there's a shift in consciousness. And Donald Trump has brought a shift of consciousness, and the rest of us, the Hagman and Hagman Report, the Common Sense Show, SteveQuayle.com, Ted Brewer, and Health Mass, all, all of us are happy to be the recipients of new people coming to the movement. And they weren't counting on this. They totally blew it. Right. And this is why you saw, you know, Fox conducting these just bogus uh, presidential debates uh, where the, 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 the moderators were actually the participants. Uh, it, it, was, it was almost comical because it was like, oh, my God, what did we do? We let loose the genie and we can't get it back in the bottle. And that genie is still spreading. They can kill Donald Trump tomorrow, and this movement's not going to stop. I'm convinced of that. I go back right. to something I talked about on your show the last time I was on, that there's a social psychological organization called SNAP, and they do research about how trends and fads take fire and really take off. And they say the common characteristic is when a movement gets 10% of the common, gets 10% of the support of the population, and they're fervent in their beliefs and so forth, and that's when you start to see exponential growth in people following something. Well, we're beyond the 10%, folks. And if they kill Trump, and see, I think this is what they know, it'll take that to the 100th power. They'll instantly, people who are kind of on the fence about Trump, they go, well, gee, if they killed him, he must have been right. And that'll bring a whole new set of people, of people who are on the fence about Trump. And this is why I think they haven't killed him. This is why I'm saying, what are their options? This is why I go back to the false flag in Cleveland. I mean, I think that they blame it on ISIS and Obama, but we're here to protect everybody. We're all 
all Americans. God bless the dead Republicans. We need to get behind Hillary, blah, blah, blah. And then this is what I think is a real possibility. And people mm-hmm. say, that's really far out. Okay, what would you do if you were that? Stop this truth movement. You can only subjugate people for so long when you keep them in the dark. And the light has come on. Think about and that, folks. I mean, one other thing seriously. I'd say, too, Doug, we talked about preparation here. I just want to make sure I say this. Um, this life is temporary. I love this life. I love the things I get to do. I have a blessed life. I don't spend all my time on the Common Sense Show website. But I will tell you, even though this life is temporary, forever, the afterlife is forever. And I think people need to approach it that way. So people say, aren't you afraid, Dave? Yeah, I think about those things some, but I don't think about them a lot because I think God's will is going to be carried out. And if it's my time to go, then it's my time to go. But I also know that I think I've got myself right with my maker, as, as right as I can in my imperfect way. And I know that the next life is going to be a lot better than this life. And that's where I'm trying to keep my eyes on. You know that's so important because when we talk about this, and, and I would I would say this we a little bit ago we were talking about that that old pejorative phrase fear porn and doom porn, and I, I've been hearing a lot of this from Christians who are saying well you know you all you do meaning us all, all you've been doing is is uh, talking about this so you can sell your gold which we don't sell or you can sell your whatever okay which we've got nothing to sell but that said that reflects to me uh that that tells me we've got more work to do because people with that kind of mentality at least this is my personal viewpoint they are weak in their faith because if this can shake their faith, because I know when I die, because being saved, and sometimes I don't like to even use that terminology because it it, it it's um, it, it I, to, to me I think it's used uh, too much, but because I, I I have committed my life and I know where where I mean I, I've committed my life, I've committed my soul, so I guess. It, Okay, I'll say I'm safe. I know what's going to happen. So uh, I don't mind talking about this and, and knowing where I will end up, um, regardless of how I might die if I pass away in my sleep or get hit by a bus or get decapitated by ISIS, regardless. But let me just say this. Um, to those people who do accuse us of, of saying that for profit uh, and personal gain, uh, I, I think you, the folks, the ones that are making those accusations, are doing the body of the church a disservice. And I think you are are are, are exhibiting that you are weak in your faith. But okay, so I wanted to say that for Amen reasons. Amen to that. Because what they're doing is they're minimizing the power of God that can manifest through go. all of us. That, that yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we 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 are all just so the listening audience knows, and we've got a vast listening audience. And, and hello to uh, to the listeners, by the way, in uh, Australia. We've got a number of live listeners there right now. But uh, you know, th- this is where this is where we're coming from. And and thank you for for being a staunch supporter of uh, of Dave Hodges uh, to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, you know, support we, Dave Hodges in the Common Sense Show. We have a, a, actually a listener question for you, Dave. This is from uh, Christina H. And she says that she's read your articles on suspicious activity reports and wanted to know if cashing checks from different individuals would end up causing suspicion. 
she goes, totaling close to the threshold SARs are normally filed against people, or is it just withdrawing cash? I, I think both Dave Hodges and I have got SARs uh, uh, filed against us, I, I believe. I have. Yeah, I, I, listen, to answer your question, though, Joe, um, we have a lot of smaller checks that we take to our business account, and we've never had a problem. The problem is that you're trying to make a, a sizable cash withdrawal. Now, according to the law, if you take out $10,000, you have to fi- file a cash transaction report. And if they don't like what they see, they file a suspicious activity report called an SAR. And they went after me at Bank of America for trying to take out $1,500, which is 15% of the report requirement, which was totally ridiculous. And I was able to talk my way through that with the guy. Um, But, no, I think that she's probably fine. The, The one thing I tell people is this, is that, you know, your your cash in the bank is soon going to be gone. And let me point to two things. On November 10th of 2014, the same Janet Yellen that's meeting with political leaders, met with the Bank of England and, and, and uh, other people connected to um, banking and government on both sides of the pond, and they practiced for widespread bank failures. Ten days later in Brisbane, Australia, in the G20, <clears throat> excuse me, that's when they made the rule that said that when you deposit your money, it's no longer money. And they also said anyone who's in line for credit swap derivatives reimbursement, like you know, like the big banking houses that lost their backsides, sure. uh, they go to the top of the distribution list, and you are called an unsecured creditor, and you go to the bottom. And people need to know the FDIC only has 1.2% of the cash on hand to cover the bank accounts out there. You won't see a dime once the trouble starts. Now, if they're afraid of revolution, they may take 40% of your money initially, but ultimately they're going to take all of it. And what I tell people is you need to have gold. And, uh, and and listen, I've bought gold. I've put my money where my mouth is. I have no one that advertises on my website that I don't believe that my listening audience and my reading audience will benefit from uh, taking advantage of these products because the smoke will clear from an economic collapse. It's not going to be a permanent situation. And when it clears, what has historically held its value? Gold. So I sell Steve Quayle's gold. Why Steve Quayle? Because I trust the man. We have a business relationship. He strong arms nobody into the deal. He's advised people not to do it given their economic circumstances. And I know he'll never lead one of my readers astray. And, and, you know, I sell water filtration because if you have to bug out, you better have some of that with you. And then gun accessories, uh, you know, you better have guns because the rampaging, rampaging hordes are going to start if there's an economic collapse because FEMA says the average American family only has less than 72 hours worth of goods. And so I'm not going to run through all the products, but every product that's on my website, and this is true for most people in the Patriot movement. I'm not unique in this, so I'm not holding myself above any else but we sell things that people we think people will need and and I only use people who I know personally and I've become friends with and I trust and and this is why Doug I do what I do I have to offset some of my costs let's say that we go five six years and the unimaginable in my mind happens and we don't have a collapse you know my son's going to be in college I can't spend inordinate amounts of money 
you know, you know, spreading the word at the expense of my family. Right. I have to try to at least break even. And, and that's why I do what I do. You know, people, oh, you're just trying to sell your food, your gold, your blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to break even here. I, I'm trying not to take away from my family. And, and yeah. the first way to alienate your family is deprive your kids of their future because of your yeah, work here. Yeah. And, and that's why I do what I do. You know, and I've never talked about this publicly before, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to mention this. But there's not one product that I look at that is associated with the Common Sense Show that I'm not proud to be associated with, and it's not one product that I don't have some element of what they're offering. And, and you know something is coming, and if you don't shop at the Common Sense Show, that's fine. God bless you. I'm not trying to coerce anybody to come to my site to buy anything, but buy something. Get ready. Do what you need to do. And you better have food, water, a way to protect it, and you better have some type of currency exchange that will be valuable to you when the smoke clears. And then, of course, you better have a Bible. You better maintain, you know, like family social games, board games, I think will be popular. I've written about these things, Doug, uh, because people, you have to understand, when the Depression happened in 1929, it wasn't a standalone event. Now people have to live through this for 12 years. And you have to prepare to go through some very hard times with your family. So what will make things uh, palatable for your kids? Games. You, you should think about family activities you could do that won't cost any money. Uh, people need to think and need to realize that our way of life is about ready to change. We, you know, sociologists talk about there are five societal levels. And, you know, you have hunting and gathering and then pastoral and agriculture, industrial and post-industrial. We're at the end of an era. This system yeah. doesn't work. The credit swap derivatives debt is at least 16 times the entire GDP of the planet. We couldn't pay this off in the 50th century or the 500th century. We are going to have a reset at some point in time, and people need to realize that, and they need to plan accordingly. You know, the agricultural age primarily gave away to the industrial age, which gave away to the post-industrial age. Well, we're at that point right now where we're going to give way to something else. And that's what I think when we see a civil war or revolution, it's going to be fighting for who controls the next transition to what level that we're living at. And, and do you think that what we're seeing right now with the let's circle back around to, for example, what happened in Colorado, the overt, while it may be a law that was, and, and this is a big thing now, hey, we told you about this last August, we voted on this, so if you were just too, um, too, too slow to, you know, understand this, that's your problem, Trump uh, team. And and that also goes to to Cruz saying, look how look how look at the political prowess of Ted Cruz. But do you think at the at the end of the day, Dave, that that they're doing this um, so overtly to create this division between the conservatives and the progressives, or pay, take your pick of, of sides? I think they're, they're just they're, desperate. Let me give you an example. You don't have any money, but you need food. So you go into the grocery store with an overcoat, and you start to shoplift the things you need. But you're being very, very covert. Change the scenario. The money supply has collapsed, and everything's running out in the stores, and now it's out in the open. You come in with a weapon you can brandish, and you're carrying out whatever you can garner. And 
and and this is where I think the globalists are at. They're in the latter part. You know, the pretenses are off. The gloves are off. They're showing their hand. They're not trying to shoplift American society covertly. They're telling you right here what they're doing. I mean, who would have thought 20 years ago we'd have Republican officials tell us they're going to steal the election and you don't matter? That would never have happened 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago. Very, very good, very astute, very relevant observation. And it's only it, you had mentioned. I think it was privately on a phone conversation to me that this is going to take place again in other states. Um, um, wasn't didn't you say that to me? Or I can't. I'm trying to. Oh well, yeah, I can't. stealing the election was. Uh, and gosh, don't ask me to quote the states now. But yeah. I've read that. Uh, and I did this in passing because I, like I said, we go 100 miles an hour. But Colorado was stolen. They just decided, we're not going to have an election. We declare Cruz to be the winner, and it's not an election. And I've read now there's four other states, and I'm sure the listening audience can inform me as to who they are. But, you know, they need to keep Trump for the 1237. They're scared of New York and California. Yes. They, they yeah, really are. In Pennsylvania. Exactly. So yeah. um, they got to do what they got to do to stop him. But I don't think they can kill him because that will bring another 20% to his side. And then they'll have a real problem. So that's why I keep coming back to this. I pray it's not true. False flag. False flag. That solves yeah. a lot of problems for him. You know, um, okay, on air, I'm not sure if we talked about this on air. Maybe we did. It seems like we, we, you and I, we speak, and I, we, we both speak to so many people, so many sources, oh, yeah, and so yeah. much information. It's overload. So forgive me if I'm asking about this. Did we, did we talk about the type, potentially the type of event on air here, uh, uh, domestically? Did, did we mention? I think the, there's two possibilities. Okay. And it's sometime down the road, if you have me back, I'll talk about what's going on in Central America. The fifth column forces are ready to strike, but that's more of a long-term issue. If the okay. globalists figure they have to strike quickly with a false flag to interrupt the Trump momentum and to preserve their style of criminality post-November, um, they're going to move to a false flag. And my favorite candidate in this, and, and forgive me, folks, for thinking so so much like Satan, but this is my old uh, basketball coaching habit when I I would compete against another coach. I had to try to put myself in his mindset to think about how he was going to try to play and strategize against me. So I'm in that habit of thinking, what would make sense to me if I was David Rockefeller or Lindsey Graham or any of these ne'er-do-wells? And what makes sense to me is this, is that if I'm out of options and I can't stop Trump and the movement's growing, well, ISIS is here. We know they're here. So let's just fly a plane with Explosives at the worst time into the convention. And I'll tell you, my idea today got a boost. Mm-hmm. When Jeb Bush announced that he was not going to the convention in Cleveland, uh, what do we know about Georgie Bush, H.W., and false flag attacks? And the sun's no stranger to that either. Oh, man, you know, the, yeah. Uh, I don't know, have any information. I have nothing. Let me just mention this, too. What's coming out tomorrow on the Common Sense Show? What's coming out tomorrow is I have two insider sources that are giving me information about the, the creation of debtors' prisons 
and this is coming out of some of these meetings that have already been held, that uh, government needs to preserve itself. The corporations and the banks are working with the government on this, and there's a proposal out there, and I've been told this is more than a proposal now, that if you take an EBT, federal assistance, this, that, and the other, you're going to be required to pay it back. And if you can't pay it back, well, okay, we're going to give you so much time to work on paying certain percentage back over time. And if you can't, you go to a labor camp. And before people say, okay, Dave, stop with the conspiracy nonsense, let's go to Section 801 and 601 in Executive Order 13603. And I've already written about this on the Common Sense Show. Uh, they Under Obama's executive order, in which everything in the economy is controlled by the president, and you don't need an emergency, it's just based on a say-so, we have what he refers to as consultants. They talk about having a draft, and it was headed by the Secretary of Labor. And I go, Secretary of Labor? That should be Secretary of Defense. But then yeah. I look deeper into it. It's two drafts. One is military, but the other is civilian conscription. And in the language, and this is going to be printed again tomorrow on the Common Sense Show with a direct link to WhiteHouse.gov, in the language, they call people consultants, and consultants will not be paid, and they can be sent wherever you want to send them. So let's go back to my rumor. Not rumor, according to one of the sources I gave me that gave it to me, that if you can't pay your debts, you're now a consultant. It's under this executive order. You're going Conscri away to the camps. Conscripted. Yeah. And it's debtors' prisons yeah. as a backdoor into FEMA prisons. And let me tell you why they'll do it. We all know that these people operate, and the globalists operate under Fabian socialism. If you don't help us, we don't want to keep you alive. And I think this is a way they're going to eliminate twenty to thirty percent of the bottom feeders. Well, yeah, this is the, uh, you know, we have to, in, in order to have a utopia and to accomplish the utopian dream, people are going to have to make sacrifices as individuals. Free labor is going to be a part of this. Hey, hey, Joe, yeah, I'm sorry, Joe and, and Dave. I just want to uh, throw something in here to the mix. You know how Glenn Beck and um, he's, well, how Glenn Beck is appearing to, well, he's not appearing to, he's uh, elevating Cruz to this de level of a deity. Remember, Dave, you and I spoke about this before. Remember when he was not on um, his own, but he was he was with Fox, and he was talking about the Fabian Socialists, the Overton, or the, uh, the window? Okay. Yeah. I, I just find this amazing that we are seeing the objectives, the agenda, the playbook of the Fabian Socialists to, to remake that. Remember that Fabian window, that window at the... Uh, uh, I, I don't, re I can't remember what it was called, but the Overton. That was the name of the book from uh, uh, or from uh, uh, back. But nonetheless, remember that window, and remember it was missing for a while. But remember his teachings about the Fabian Socialists, and then all of a sudden we have this this 180. He does seemingly backing Cruz and adhering to, or at least you know, uh, advocating this uh, Fabian socialistic. Uh, uh, Fabian socialist uh, agenda. So I don't know. I just wanted. I just thought it was worthy to bring up in this. Right, in this you're right. I, in this case. They're using people like Glenn Beck to enhance Ted Cruz to basically try to get people from the LDS Church to vote in block uh, away from Donald Trump, and they're keeping Trump away from the 1237 superdelegate majority. Um, Glenn Beck has jumped to the other side. Sorry, Glenn, you were a great champion for freedom when you first came on to Fox and you interviewed Larry Grathwall and how Obama got into office and uh, Van Jones. And, yep. and 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Clower and Piven and Fabian Socialism. I mean, it was an adventure every night. This He did more to wake my wife up than I did. It was incredible. <laughs> I said, yeah. thank you very much, Glenn. And then he goes off on his own. He struggles financially, and you know what, have, what they can do to you. Cut his Internet traffic. You know how they can do that to you, too. And now I think he's joined the other side to stay in business, and that's how I see it. And I have friends who write for Glenn Beck, and I, I don't put Glenn Beck in my crosshairs because there's bigger targets to go after. Right. But anyone who follows him isn't really paying attention. Go back and see what he did five, six years ago, seven years ago on Fox. With the Fiener camp? He was correct. Now he's a sellout. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and he's quoting from the Book of Mormon and using, you know, uh, oh, the Book of Mormon fine. and Mormonism. Listen, I don't begrudge anyone their religion. You know, that, that, this is America. First Amendment, freedom of religion. Well, that's of course, fine. Of I don't course. have any problem with that whatsoever. Okay? It's not my religion, and that, but that's okay. God will judge. It's not my place. But the way he's conducting himself, there's no FEMA camps. Uh, excuse me. What about the legislation that's been out there? What about Obama's executive order one three six zero three? You know, you get the what idea. about the, what about the Hodges revelation yeah. of of the assignment properties with the? Um, oh, yeah. you, you remember that that show yeah. uh, on FEMA camps? He was supposed to do that morning. He went on Fox and Friends and talked it up and talked about the fine, you know, some of the findings, how people were going to be astounded, and you know, tune in tonight to get the the, you know, how he thought they were fake and and how yeah. he learned differently. And then once the show time came he did a 180 and said you know they don't exist they got to he, so that yeah. that was the point he was threatened and and uh yeah. cut they ties with fox and why destroy you financially or will kill your family god knows what they told him but you know and and, and really i don't judge him too harshly because none of us have probably been in that situation and who knows how any of us would react but he's not to be listened to that's one thing we can say the other thing i want to mention doug is that uh um, and tell your listening audience, we're, we're pleased and privileged. We have a great show coming up here on Global Star on Sunday night from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. In the first hour, we have John Rappaport. We're going to talk about Vaxed. John Rappaport cool. just tremendous journalist. But in the second two hours, we have another great journalist. His name just happens to have the same initials I do, Dave Hodges, Doug Hagman. <laughs> He's in well. the second hours of the show, so I would encourage everyone to, to listen in. And we're going to continue this conversation and probably take it to a higher level because we'll be able to expand upon what we started tonight. Man, I'll tell you something. I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when we can work together and we're working together. We're advancing the truth. Dave, we're at the end of our show, and I know... Folks, I gotta tell you, Dave wasn't feeling very well before he came on, and he, he toughed through this show, and I, and I just have a lot of respect for him. I just want to say thanks, Dave, for, for, uh, this is just, for all it's of my permission. To be associated with people like yourself and Joe, and all the great people out there like Ted and Steve and so forth. I mean, there right. are so many great people in our movement, it's hard to believe that we're not winning at a greater level than we are. But, uh, to keep the faith, you know, right, pray brother. for Jesus, divine intervention, and to give us strength to carry on the fight. Lift us you know, like the wings of eagles, you know, to victory. That's what I hope happens for all of us. David, thanks for your gift of time, your gracious gift of time. Thank you for what you do. Folks, support Dave Hodges. Please do that, thecommonsenshow.com. And, and despite my stuttering, stammering, and uh, whatever, he's, he's asked me to come on the show this week. We'll do it. We're going to have a great time. Join that Dave Hodges Sunday, the Common Sense Show, right here in Global Star Radio. Thanks, guys. It's always a tremendous thanks. honor to be on your show. God bless you, Dave. Ted Bro tomorrow. Care.
February tomorrow. Don't miss it. God bless everyone. Have a good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.